Ooh, got some gurgliness going on. Pant crapping, world ending glee. I made an elf rogue named Fagballs. <laughs> you are listening to the After the Fact podcast. It's a freaking bowling ball made of energy. I'm sorry, I'm not understanding why this is a problem. As a as a kid, I was borderline retarded. Classic gaming by geeks just like you. I beat the second boss in the game. As far as I'm concerned, I beat the game. Mike, I got a headshot on you. I pistol sniped you from across the room. And now, your hosts, Luke Matthews. Scarborough Derbers, Chili Badagdag. Patrick Manning. I do a radio show on the internet. <laughs> yep. And we... We play up that Nintendo. Christina Matthews. I hear people talking about these taco phones all the time. I don't understand how they work. <laughs> I just imagine this homeless man on a corner holding a taco to his head. <laughs> Hello? And Mike DiPetrillo. Do you not want to have sex with me? Are you not aroused? Welcome, everybody, to the final episode oh of my God. the After the Fact podcast. Episode 80. This is the end of the show. We are done for all time. Uh, a couple people have, have told me that they think we're going to do random episodes in the future at some point, which I'm sure it might happen, but uh, it is no longer a, a bi-weekly show as if it ever really was. Um, wink wink <laughs> nudge nudge um so we are we are for the most for most of the show we are going to be talking about uh kind of talking about our histories with the show we're going to talk about um legend of zelda ocarina of time is going to be the game that we actually review for the show uh i am joe i am luke luke matthews i've been <laughs> i've been on this show since episode zero uh and i am joined by micatron hi who has also been on the show since episode zero. Episode zero, the, the pilot. The pilot episode, the F-Zero episode with synergy with episode zero because it's F-Zero because we're clever. Yeah, we're so cool. We've been clever for four years. We've been clever for so long. Uh, Patrick Manning. Hey, everybody. Who has also been on the show since episode zero. Mm-hmm. And Christina Matthews. Not Christina <laughs> Peck. Uh, the, the other one who has not been on since zero, but I was around. Uh, let's see. I wrote down, you have been on the, you started on this, you've been on the show since episode 14. That was your first episode. Ooh. That was the, uh, classic gaming con in Vegas. Ah, that was the first time. That's pretty early. And you've been on, Most I think four the, episodes, four yeah. or five. You've been on the PAX casts mm-hmm. and a couple others. So, and you're joining us for the, for the end of it all. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that my wife is joining me on the show because, uh, she's sick and tired of me like, uh, bitching about this show and, you know, uh, having it having it take up uh, time. Yeah, now it takes so. up both of our times. It's perfect. <laughs> Misery loves company. Yes. yes, indeed. So, I want to start this show like every other show because that's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to start this show by talking about what we're playing. Um, let's start with you, Mike. Hi, I am again playing Terraria. Um, the developers who make the game said we're never ever 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 going to update this again fuck you stop whining about it and then they updated it last week (laughs) (laughs) i think because they just realized that they can milk the cash cow for nearly Mm -hmm. ever yeah they released it for ios they released it for console um they're just they're like well we can just do square 
thing. Square right. Enix, you know, just release it forever and make money. What does the update entail? Um, so the last update that they did was they added a new tier of like the game. So you can make the you can do you can meet certain conditions and you can make it into hard mode. Quote. Okay. More end game. Uh, more end game, and they just added another level. It's not quite another tier, but they just added a lot of other stuff that you could do in the game. That's very um, cave story ish with their like you meet certain conditions during the game and you get an entirely separate boss fight and a whole bunch of extra shit at the end. Yeah, there's like some, they they have more enemies, more bosses, um a lot of vanity items. They just polish the game up more. Um they took out some annoying stuff like uh like you couldn't run over certain blocks. Um you know, they changed lighting effects and backgrounds and they they made it uh the jump between certain areas easier. So like um you can get a grappling hook easier so you can like give more mobility and um because that was really hard at the beginning of the game um you're just like i can't get anywhere i wish i had a rope to climb up this thing really easily and they're Why like you well, just here's a rope yeah. we've made it it only took us like three years but here's rope <laughs> and yeah so i'm i'm playing through it again uh, i've got a bunch of friends who are making servers um so we're just uh throwing lava on each other and stuff and it's great <laughs> it's a great time um i'm this is sort of the stopgap between um this game is going to turn into starbound eventually when they release it and they're going to to beta this year apparently so to the moon <laughs> yeah w- w- the the <laughs> weird part is when they said we're never going to update it one of their developers left and started making starbound <laughs> one of their lead developers and so he's like well i wanted to update the game so I want to make my own game. And so he made a Kickstarter and nice. I mean, I've talked about Starbound before, but, and now you know why they're updating the game because they're like, fuck, he was the, he was the guy. Yeah. He was the guy that was going to do all our stuff for us. And then he left. <laughs> yeah. We got to compete against that guy now. So they're, that's why they're, they're, they're seeing that happen. Yeah. Um, cause they're running a really tight Kickstarter. Um, they update every day on their blog. Um, they full transparency of everything happening. Um, that's nice. it looks like, s- I don't know if you guys remember when they were uh, pushing Spore. Yeah. And everyone thought it was going to be really awesome, like uh, MMO in space, like create everything, like build stuff like that. That's kind of what Starbound is going to be. Yeah. That, that's awesome to hear because that's the, like, kickst- video game Kickstarters are the scariest fucking place to, yes. to try and put money into because um, without that transparency, there are zero guarantees for anything. Like you, right. they, there's no guarantee that they're going to get published. Like the people put these Kickstarters up and they're like, Hey, we have an awesome idea for a game design and we've pulled all these, uh, high class developers from all these developers that you love. And then people are like, do you have a publishing contract or do you have any guarantee that the game's going to get published? No, fuck. Wait, we're just going to make a game. You're going to pay us and you're going to pay us and we're going to give you like forum access and you're going to be able to talk about it. And then we're going to make a game. How are how are we going to be able to play? We're going to make a game. It's way harder know? than that, guys. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I mean, a prime example of that is the Ouya. Oh yeah, right. Everyone's expectations were like twenty three million dollars of expectations or whatever it was, and then they got this little. I'm there. I'm there. We like, well, these are the limitations we had with the money. A tiny mailbox sitting on your desk. That yeah. we were uh, we were kickstarted for the Ouya, and it uh, is 
a big disappointment. So Is it just like collecting dust. Like not not entirely. Um, mm. We run emulators on it. Yeah, <laughs> that's about all it's good for. That's pretty sweet. Um, it yeah, it's actually kind of cool to be honest. But not um, what you paves thought, the way you paid in, paid into it all. Like yeah, paves I, the way for Steam boxes though. Yeah, and well, that's and, where it's going. Yeah, and that's the that's the biggest problem that I had with the U is that it, it, they could not get any decent developers like they have plenty of indie developers doing some kind of cool stuff because they're p- people that were making shit for android anyway right mm-hmm. um so there's there are some indie games on there that are like tower falls on the ouya and Towerfall is really really cool um, it is awesome uh, but um it's it's a four player platform uh battle kind of game but it's a one it's one shot kills like oh, you run around sick. a platform and you have you depending on your class you have different weapons that, or that, spells or whatever and then you that'd be a lot of god damn it yes. yeah it's really <laughs> some people playing at packs okay, it was really okay, fun. I'm, gonna yeah. get, I'm gonna get that guy the fuck yeah <laughs> seriously it's kind of a combination of smash brothers and bomberman i was, that's what I was gonna yeah. say like smash brothers and bomberman with one hit kills yeah that's kind of the, yeah all right it's so. like the, that Counter Strike feel where you're like running, running, running. Run, oh shit! Uh, you uh. got shot in the face. <laughs> Sorry, bro. But yeah, the, I mean, Kickstarters are. You got to know that these people have a plan for getting their shit out. You know, that's and and the Uyu was cool because they weren't um, they weren't Kickstartering for the production of their product. They were Kickstartering for basically for the for the marketing and support of the product that they had already are indeed and built and everything they were kickstartering to get it into distribution channels and that kind of stuff so okay that makes sense but it's the it's the game development ones that you're like are you what do you like if it's an ios game maybe you're like well okay whatever because they can just fucking throw it up on the app store and call Mm -hmm. it good but if but when when you've got companies that are like hey we're making a game and it's gonna be this thing for like some console or something and you're like, what? How are you going to get that out? He's like, are you are you going to publish on Steam? Uh, we don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I'm giving you money. We'll we'll self we'll just hand it to you when we're done. We'll mail it to you, uh, right? Or we'll just set up an email thing, and you can FTP it straight from our servers or something, or, or, some, or something. Our yeah. server. Well, the um, server. Yeah. The Kickstarter for. Um, Oh God! What's the name of the the guy that did Brutal Legend? And oh, uh, Tim Schafer. Did that Tim thing even Schaefer. happen? That's what I was going to ask. That's the thing. Like he got he got like several million dollars. Th- that's the thing that started the whole Kickstarter yeah. phenomenon and why all these video games have. And Double happening. Fine, Double Fine is a, is a they're a company. They've made games. They have published on on you know major consoles. They kickstarted a game. They got like what was it like nine million dollars or some shit. It was yeah. it was their and first record breaking one that went over yeah. a million, and, and then he got two million, and then three million, and yeah. then Tim Schafer's eyes bulged out of his head right. and fell under the table, and he's like, "Fuck, I need to make a game now, and I have to put my eyeballs back." They in got my all skull. Of <laughs> <laughs> they got all this money. What just happened? And it and and to the best of everyone's knowledge, they started they they had they had a goal initially that they had posted on the kickstarter and then when they got way more money than they expected they're like oh we can do all this stuff and instead of going okay we're gonna do the original thing and then see where we can go they're like fuck it we're expanding the scope infinitely you know we got nine times the money we're expanding our scope by 10 times that means it'll be out in 50 years and then the money just (laughs) evaporated 
Like, oh, and that's the, they've been posting about it. They're like, yeah, the production costs are more than we expected. And da, 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 da. sorry, and, we and thought now this. They're, they're now they're now they're floundering and have no fucking clue what they're going to do. And there are people that contributed fuck loads of money. We to thought this, this truckload of champagne and and uh, legion of parties that we threw were going to ha- make the game happen. We yeah. were wrong. <laughs> All we have is a bucket of shame. <laughs> I mean, what? Sorry, what you, guys. Uh, At least you got your T-shirt out of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> how, how would I figure it if I was doing it? I would say here's the initial cost. What I think it will be in a perfect world. Then add five hundred percent. Pretty yeah. much. Well, and the other thing that would be smart, anyway, is like you've got to have a path to publication because mm-hmm. you have to be able to tell people one. You have to be able to tell your Kickstarter backers that they're getting the thing that they're paying for, or mm-hmm. you know, if if that's a reward, is what I should say. Because the other part of it is that Kickstarter people who contribute to Kickstarters need to understand that they are not paying for a product. They are they're not even paying to make sure that that product gets made. Technically, by the rules of Kickstarter, you are paying a price for whatever reward they have offered at that level oh so you can't have class action lawsuits right because that and that's that's the the whole thing the whole way kickstarter works is that you are paying for this reward and they can use the money for whatever the fuck they want to use it for if they make their goal um technically obviously you you know you lose credibility if you don't do what you're supposed to do with the money but there's nothing there's nothing um forcing them to use the money for uh, their project. Right? Unless that's what, the what reward. Hap- what happens if they don't deliver the reward? That's where it becomes an issue where they can, um, they can, there, there is a process by which people, like if they're not getting the reward that they paid for, then they can, you know, they can follow a, they can follow a process to get refunds or, this, or whatever. Um, there's a few companies that that's happening. Yes. Yeah. Right it now. sounds like, sounds like the kind of troubles that eBay had when they were first starting too. Cause mm-hmm. you know, people are like, Oh my God, I can just sell whatever on the internet. And it's all virtual until you get the actual hard goods. And yet, you know, there's still an exchange of money for goods. And so this is a little bit, kind of the same deal because it's it's relatively a new concept and so people are still gonna make all the mistakes you can possibly make and get themselves sued into oblivion and hopefully in the future (laughs) kickstarter will not be a horrible amalgamation of bullshit to sift through that's why projects going that's why i really i i I tend to have a not trust i guess but at least a little bit more faith in projects where part of the reward system is the thing that they are kickstartering for right like if i if i'm kickstarting for a game and they say at this reward level if you pay 50 bucks into this reward level you get an ios version of the game which is what they're kickstarting for well then you then you've got a little bit more um there's there's i don't yeah a little bit more secure i'm trying to think of the word that i i can't think of the word but they're they're they are then locked into giving you the a reward because the reward is what they have to pay via the Kickstarter terms of service, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if that reward is also the thing that they that they're promising to make with the Kickstarter money, well, now you know at least if they fuck it up, I have a way to get reparations for the things that I didn't get. You yeah, know? I, I have a feeling that uh, no matter what, if you have a get rich quick scheme there's going to be a whole legion of dumbasses trying to exploit the shit out of it oh yeah and that's what uh, the kickstarter is just the latest one in that i mean i love the fact that all of these games can be made like um 
Have you seen Planetary Annihilation? Mm-mm. Holy balls. Okay, I finally got a beta for this thing. It was a Kickstarter. They were like, look, it's the, some of the people from... See, it's the same company that did uh, Sunday Night... Uh, like some sort of like freemium shooter game. I can't Monday remember. Monday Night Combat. Monday Night Combat. Monday so Night Combat. that yeah. company stole a bunch of people that made Supreme Commander and they're like, let's make Supreme Commander, but we are going from one world to the other and doing <laughs> RTS shit. Isn't that <laughs> awesome? And they're like, look how fucking scoped out this fucker is. Uh, we got an alpha build already. You want to pay to make this game happen? And uh, $2 million later, they are making that and I finally got a beta key for it. So there's a success story. Yeah. In that it, that game is actually happening because people demanded it with dollars, which is oh, such a good thing. Like mm-hmm. in a world where like EA is like absorbing the best developers on the planet and then ruining them and you know uh Nintendo is fledgling and free to play is like a, just obliterating uh you know, uh, games that could be fun, they're almost fun, and then they're not quite fun enough. You know, you want to pay three ninety nine to have fun? No. Do you, kid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it, luckily, luckily there's yeah, luckily there's Kickstarter that is actually like, hey, I got a really good idea. Can this actually get made? And you could pay four dollars to get to the next level. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. So uh, and yeah. <sighs> so I I'm I'm glad it's around. Yeah. I just hope people don't fuck it up. So my only thing with Kickstarter is that the thing that I hope, because I think Kickstarter is a fucking spectacular idea. We've contributed to several. We've gotten our stuff for several. We, um, I, I enjoy it and I think it's a good thing to, um, it's a good thing to exist. What I, my hope is that stupid gamers don't blame Kickstarter for individuals misusing the system, they will. which has already happened a few times where Tons. there's like, um, you know, there was one instance where um, I think it was uh, the Penny Arcade thing that came up where, yeah. you know, they kickstarted to have a year w- with no ads, which technically violates the ter- terms of service of Kickstarter. Yeah. But when they, you know, when they're drawing $800,000 of which Kickstarter gets to take 10%, Kickstarter's not going to fucking they're say just anything like, about it. Oh, well. Yeah. yeah. But in even so like i just kickstarter itself is awesome it's actually really well handled too mm. it's like really secure it doesn't you know they don't they haven't had any p- real problems with yeah. like f- like the collection of money or or anything like that indiegogo um is also Similar. not too bad i i actually i funded a, a project In- via indiegogo and uh i spent a hundred dollars uh for some ice cream <laughs> <laughs> can you Tell uh, us more. <laughs> no, about this ice cream. No, Indiegogo's actually running into pro- Indiegogo's <laughs> running into problems right now it. because it's pay because uh, they do their payment services through PayPal, and PayPal has been blocking funding for things. Yeah, where they will earn their funding and then somehow PayPal will decide that that uh, violates their terms of service and has actually completely just prevented pe- prevented the makers of things on Indiegogo from getting the money that the people had contributed. Well, and luckily, I mean, Kickstarter luckily runs through Amazon payments, which I don't think Amazon's ever going to fuck with people because they're just like, we get a percentage of this. Why do we want to fuck with people? Like, um, We're never going to put a kink in our money hose. Yeah, whereas <laughs> like, PayPal being owned and run by eBay are... Which is... The in, the, the fuckwads of Satan. the internet. 
They're like, they're gonna get killed by square. <laughs> square. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of well, that's the thing. That's there's plenty of payment processors that are gonna start popping up again. And I mean, uh, Bitcoin? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually surprised that Netteller hasn't come back to the United States because they were. Um, <laughs> well, no, they were. They were. Um, Netteller was one of the premium uh, funding for online poker. Oh, so yeah. when online poker kind of took the major hit and the laws got passed against it and those laws were specifically about um about the transfer of money into online poker accounts net teller just said "Uh, fuck it we're not serving u.s customers anymore buy and went because so much of their money was from online poker that they just followed online poker thanks a lot obama (laughs) (laughs) thanks obama all right. Anyway, we uh, gotta talk about video games. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about business some more. Can we talk business and <laughs> finance and numbers? What no. are you playing, the, Patrick? Uh, I haven't been playing a lot of games lately because it was summertime. That's bullshit. And yeah, it's not true. Uh, I uh, I'm really into Rogue Legacy. I listened to a couple episodes. <gasps> um. So yeah, I heard Dwayne was into it. Uh, this game is Symphony of the Night plus roguelike, which basically means it's cracking heroin for me <laughs> uh, because I love Symphony of the Night. I'm really bummed I missed the Symphony of the Night episode, um, mostly because I was still on vacation. But um, yeah, uh, playing the hell out of that. I'm like level t- one twenty five. I still can't beat it. I finally just I went out and bought. <laughs> a wired xbox controller just to play this game correctly and suddenly i'm three times better at it <laughs> how did that I, happen I don't just know because it's a platformer and you're trying to play it with wasdy that doesn't make any sense it was inter- it was an interesting experiment yes i but don't yeah, know how you i was like i should be able to platform better than this I, uh, but i can't because it's a fucking keyboard i tried so, playing cave story with on a keyboard and i couldn't do it that's just Pure, like that's no, like no, no, not no, possible. Play it with your butt, you know. Like, <laughs> like, just sit on the keyboard, so they get the same result. No, uh, wait, wait, wait. Can I play with my elbows? <laughs> yeah, some well, sort of like whatever you medium want. Here, just don't play there it traditionally. Go. It's not going to work. It's the same thing. But uh, yeah, uh, that and I bought the latest uh, indie humble bundle, and I love humble humble bundle because it's like. Sixty dollars worth of games for twenty, and I give it all to charity. <laughs> Even the EA one. Uh, actually, I was almost going to do that, and then I remembered I had a didn't want to sign up for Origin ever. Yeah, that's yep. what everybody it's a, did. It's a giant bl- like. Do you notice that the Origin logo looks like a giant black hole of fun? <laughs> do you want to download fun? AIDS? <laughs> Would you like AIDS? Yeah, <laughs> you get some games with you it. Get some really cheap games. <laughs> so games with AIDS in it. It's fine. No, no it's, it's it's not that fun. Games plus AIDS. Yeah, yeah. I just realized. I mean, AIDS. Fuck. AIDS jokes are not funny. No, sorry. Actually, sometimes they are. Ebola. Ebola. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to bleed out of your eyes and nose? Can I take a moment just to mention that our hoodies match our microphone? Microtron's wearing a yellow sweater, Uh and he has a Uh yellow mic cover. I'm wearing a black sweater and and talking into a black mic cover. Trying to put the mic on my nipple. Together, we look like a bee. It's it's already been there. Anyway, it's sorry. It's been there so much. That's more your armpit than your nipple, but okay. Anyway, Humble Bundle. <laughs> Don't tell me what my nipple is. <laughs> anyway, Humble Bundle. I bought that. Uh, I was playing through those games pretty slowly with my new controller, and I picked up Limbo again. I really liked Limbo on the Xbox. I don't own an Xbox anymore. I've been playing Limbo on my PS... Um, on my Vita, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... Yes. Yeah. Um, it's, yes. And it's after the announcement games. of all of the new consoles, I'm also in the I'm a Sony person forever boat. Yeah. Because I don't 
want Microsoft looking at me always, <laughs> collecting bi- biometric data on me all the time that like bugs my conspiracy uh, theorist gland in the back of my brain somewhere. It's like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> like just, I, I, I'm done with all Microsoft consoles forever. Um, I will be running Windows 7 for as long as I possibly can. Until <laughs> 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 it's no longer supported. Yeah, we uh, we will eventually get a PS4. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna get it day one though. No, I, yeah, we, are we. we aren't aren't either. I'm so happy that you talked about. Hey, this would when you were like, hey, PS4 isn't gonna get any less fun. It's yeah. gonna stay the same and only drop in price. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in the same boat where it's like I'm not gonna get one day one, but as soon as say Destiny comes out. Sure. Or uh, they do like a special edition Grand Theft Auto 4, which I just know they're going to fucking do. Oh, yeah. And five. Uh, five, five, sorry. Special edition five, because everybody's like, oh my God, I got to get Grand Theft Auto 5 right now. Blah, 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 blah. I would totally be playing that right along with everyone, but I know that game is $60 right now, and they're going to come out with a better version for PC that has mod support that's $50 later, and yeah. it will run like it'll run like a dream on my PC or PS4 later on. I just know. And so I'm just like, I'm cool with just waiting. I have like a backlog of steam games. I haven't fucking touched yet, you know? And cause steam sales and tumble bundles and all these other things. And I think what I'm going to do this winter is just catch up. Yeah. So, and save my money up until I feel like getting, investing in another system. I might be the only person that's just not interested in grand theft auto five. And I've I've seen I've seen videos of it. I've heard people talk about it. But one of the things that um, a couple of people have talked about that that really kind of struck home for me was, yes, it's this amazing open world game, humongous city, like this humongous map that you awesome can run satire, in. Awesome satire, funny and as fuck, weird shit. Well, so here's the thing. That's like it's mechanically sounds like exactly the kind of thing that I would love to to play. However, a lot of people are talking about how it's just um it's frankly kind of one dimensional satire and it's so cynical mm. that it's like how do you have fun with this you can you can have you know you can have fun doing the stuff but then the the moment you start thinking about like the characters at all it's just like um they're they are cynical bastards in so much as there's the, no, you're there's the bad guys. N- there's no, and and there's no balance to make that fun as much as you know, except the mechanics of the game. I like being the bad, which guys. is kind of why I like, <laughs> uh, like we discussed before, why I think um, I would enjoy Saints Row more. Yeah, Saints because Row's, Saints oh Row is like GTA, but but you can run around with a seven foot purple dildo and hit people with and it. The like, whole game is co op. You can yeah. co op the whole game. It's why didn't. Rockstar do that. They're like, oh no, we're gonna have a whole separate online mode. They weren't done. Yeah, probably not. And then, but like, how awesome would GTA be if? And there's, there's three main characters. Why wouldn't you have three people co-oping the whole fucking story with you? Yeah. Like that's th- that's why Saints Row is technically better than GTA. I mean, uh, honestly, like if wait whoa whoa if you have friends only oh, sorry I forgot about that if you're, oh. if you're the kind of cynical bastard that can get into the story and you're like I relate to every 100% of this game yeah you probably don't have any friends <laughs> frowny face but god like playing Saints Row 3 with another person so fun you're like anyway let's move on what do you what do you play segue so Borderlands 2 which yes. I love Borderlands uh-huh. so much so much fun speaking of funny games yeah 
Dude, yeah, that little the little girl that sends you on the tea party quest. Haven't gotten that. I don't far. think we've gotten that well, far yet. Spoilers. Oh, shit. Yeah. Whatever. Damn you. Yeah. No, Damn sorry. It, Pat. One of these girls that does like a um a video blog about like hey hey Jess what you playing I think it's what it's called. Uh, uh, she hey did Ash, what you Ash. playing? Yeah, that's what it is. Solomon at Pax, and I was like squee. Yeah, uh, she voices one of the characters, and it's the best part of the game. <laughs> anyway, that, we, that's not too much of a spoiler. Play. <laughs> play play that part. It's fucking awesome. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, I really like it. I mean, it's Borderlands, right? It's it's like... I always want to play it way more than Luke does. I'm always looking at like, can we play, can we play, can we play, can we play? And he's like, oh, I'm not in the mood. <laughs> I'm like, damn it. <laughs> there, uh, I can't play it through on my own and beat it because we want to play through it together. Yeah. So he's holding me back. I'm waiting till it comes out on Vita, too, because that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Just start another That'll game. give you a reason so, to actually play I your Vita. I definitely play <laughs> my Vita having that. So what class are you playing? Uh, the siren, or what? Like, what's it called in the yeah, new I game? It's uh, not the siren. The chick is it called a siren in this one? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, so. Same, same as the but first game. But her power is so much cooler in this game. In the first game, I had no idea how to use the damn power. The, the phase walk. Phase walk yeah. I had no idea how to use it. I could not take advantage. In this game, you freaking shoot a guy. It holds him in the air. It freezes him, and you can shoot the shit out of him <laughs> yep. and kill him. I <laughs> fucking love effect. the ability. <laughs> what, what, no, what was the what, bullet storm? There's a there's oh, a yeah. similar ability in bullet storm where you can knock people into the air and yeah, then it's freeze like the them and shoot. Oh. Yeah, it's shoot them, but yeah. with a leash. I use that way yeah. more. Right. <laughs> like pull them towards you, and then you kick their head fucking off into some spikes and electrocute <laughs> the shit out of them, and then you get a bunch of points. Punch you and your I like dick. The, I like the point where Lilith from the first game actually comes into the second game, and yeah. so like you're fighting with her against uh-huh. bad guys, and I finally got to see how you actually use the phase walk ability. I'm like, oh, <laughs> now I get it. Yeah. So I might go back and play the first one again and actually use the ability the way that it's supposed to be used. <laughs> I really like the procedural weapons, though. That's always really cool. Like, yeah. just like every weapon is totally different yeah. than yeah. anything else anybody's yeah. going to get. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. I mean, that's what Borderlands is. It's loot. It's a loot game. Oh yeah, shooting loot, and it's. uh, And I love. I love it. It's. It's a ton of fun. It does. To be fair, it does get for me repetitive. Yeah. uh, After a while, and it's not the game kind of game you can just go and be like, be a completionist, and be like, I'm gonna get every fucking quest because at some point you like level past that. Mm You know, and then you're like you're just doing all these weak ass quests. Well, you have you the know. the second and third play out playthroughs. So yeah, that's true, well, and the the only other thing that I wish for Borderlands is that um, there there tends at times the weaponry that's available tends to be a little too incremental. Like meaning that you never you never tend to find a weapon or a shield or anything that is that is just clearly better than what you've got right now. Mm. And that can actually get kind of grindy after a while where you 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 don't well, you know no, you don't necessarily look forward to like you don't necessarily look forward to killing something and getting a drop or going into a store and finding this awesome thing because what you end up doing is picking up every goddamn thing you see and then spending like almost as much time sh- uh, as you spent shooting, like sitting comparing. in your menu, comparing things and going, well, this is a oh little bit God. better accuracy and this is a little bit better. That's and right. It's fun and the procedural weapons are fun and it's it's a fun game to play. But but are, I though. just, t- at times it's, I wish... It's yeah. a little different, the late game. <laughs> what? The late game's different. Yeah, okay. Speaking of You're comparing like, this, stuff. This gun shoots six explosive bullets <laughs> and does, you know, six million damage. Did you, like, okay. did you have a problem it's with the UI better. at all? It's a little in Borderlands 2 it's a little annoying. Yeah. Okay. I, I I don't like the 
angled floaty UI thing. Ugh. Like, I really wish yeah, it was just a of... fucking menu on my screen. You're, you're playing it on PS3, right? Yeah. Correct. Okay. And I don't mind that, but I hate the fact that it's at a slight angle. So you're never really looking at the menu straight on. It's tilt. always at an angle. Like, I'm fucking facing my TV. <laughs> Give me the menu straight <laughs> on. You can tilt it by... Oh, oh, you can't make Not it, enough. Yeah, <laughs> not enough to make it straight on for you. And I don't want to hold that while I'm going through my damn menus. If, if yeah. you play the Psycho, he covers all your weapons because he's so fucking big. And you're like... God damn it. I want to see my weapons. I wanted to write a strongly worded letter to Gearbox. Still Gearbox. Please file your UI designer. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. I, I didn't really like it. Something I would love them to do. So I like having the set characters and with the races and classes and everything. I wish I could create my own character look though. Cause I I really like playing female characters and only having one female character really limits my options. And I do go back sometimes and play some of the other characters, but really I'd like to be able to make my own character from the scratch. same class, but a female. But yeah, you exactly. Play, you want to play birth at the gun I yeah. do. Oh my yeah. God. I love heavy characters. <laughs> Anytime I play anything, I always go for like the freaking badass fighter so I can kick the shit out of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> tank, tank that damage. And it's kind yeah. of funny. It's, it's kind of interesting that they didn't, go that route with Borderlands 2 even if the yeah. even if you couldn't do like straight up custom characters just have gender swap exactly. versions have yeah. like this have is a female version or a male version of of this particular yeah. class yeah probably because um, the voice acting yeah that's true but but that doesn't see I've played plenty of other games where you can um, it has a similar level of voice acting but then you can you you can swap out voices right like it's one or two um it would it would double the models and double the voice acting but in all the cinematics uh, see the cinematics it would just like it it would just well yes okay you would you would auto swap to a a different character and then voice, 50 skins for each character yeah yeah, yeah. i think they, I you wouldn't even with need, as much you as you wouldn't even need yes, as many but, skins though like yeah. re, just have the two different the, sexes reduce everything else yeah this and that's the thing that in a lot of other games, I would be willing to accept that as an argument. Borderlands is not one of them, though. With the sheer volume of procedural shit and the sheer number of items and characters and environments and everything as they have in this game, it is one of the few games where I'm like, all right, this is... Gearbox could have fucking done this. But... They're just making money on other things, right? Like generating more DLC and more custom packages for each of the characters. Yeah. So, I mean, they have a lot of cool DLC. That's, that's I'd been playing that before I got back into Turia. So Mm. good game. If they made it an MMO. Yeah. Yeah. That would be sweet. Borderlands three. Then it would basically be, um, planet side. Planet side. (laughs) Planet side with, uh, good, but good. (laughs) I don't think I'd play it if it was an MMO. Yeah, I probably wouldn't either. I like just a game that I can beat and finish and move on. Yeah. <laughs> and I like co-op games. I like non-online co-op games, to be fair. I, I there that's I enjoy that. I, I enjoy being a, for one. And even even if it's technically online, but it's just a, you know, limited co-op, right? Like two to four people like Portal 2 or or Borderlands. Those are the kinds of games that Halo. Christina and I yes. enjoy playing. The only reason to own an Xbox, which is Halo. The other game that we haven't talked about that I'm playing again is Rayman Origins. I'm pl- yeah. right now. I'm playing it on wow. the Vita. I'm playing that too. And um, it's 
it's still phenomenal. It's still I haven't beat it. I which is why I started playing it again. I'm like I really really need to beat this game so I can play Legends, right. um, because we got Legends at uh, we pre-ordered, well, pre-ordered it, at it from at PAX and then got it and haven't touched it really because neither of us has mm-hmm. beaten Origins yet. Legends is the co-op version of Origins essentially. Origins is co-op too. Oh, it is. Yeah, you can it play is? co-op. I'm pretty yeah. sure. I mean, we I don't. Have to check that out. I've seen video of it being played co-op. I think um, maybe I'm mixing it up with Legends, but I thought it was co-op. We'll but Origins. I mean, it's just especially like, and I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again since this is the last episode for uh, for the audience of this show. Rayman Origins is nearly the perfect game. It is one of the best 2D platformers I've ever played. Could you uh, please scribe that into this stone tablet, please? <laughs> um, so that it can be known for throughout the ages. Yeah. This game is awesome. So yeah. said Luke Matthews on this day, October Scribe 12th. it on the brick fireplace. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. And I, I haven't played Legends yet, but it looks, it looks just it as looks good. It looks good. Looks just as good. I we've got the PS3 version. We need to get the Vita version because uh, um, I love playing Rayman Origins on my Vita. It's so much fun and it looks so beautiful on that screen. Um, but have you, what else? Do, what else did you get on the Vita? Like fuck, I've got a, I've got a lot of stuff on wow. Vita. Um, Uncharted is really good. Sly uh, Cooper, Sly Four, Gravity Rush. Like I said, I was playing. I'm playing Limbo. Um, Damn Limbo. I love Limbo. Do you get any fighting I games on it? I want Platinum it. Yes, I have played um, I've played Mortal Kombat, the new Mortal Kombat, which mm. is just like Mortal, it's, Mortal, it's Mortal Kombat 9. I'm sure, is that what it's it is? It uh, was just called when they re-released it it was just called Mortal Kombat, yeah. but it's yeah. Got um, into that for a while. It was fun. I got um, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 was free on PSN recently, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I got that and have been playing around with it. It's pretty good. Mm. Um, and I got, at launch, I got the Blaze Blue Continuum Shift, and it's What's your main? really good. I don't really have a main because I don't play fighting games often I'll enough. To yeah, I don't I don't have I don't play fighting games often enough often enough or competitively enough to have quote unquote a main. I've had this discussion with Eddie too because he's a hardcore yeah um, fighting game player. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, I've got a lot of Vita games because I love my Vita. It's it's my favorite handheld ever. Mm-hmm. So I I'm loading it up with games in order to support it as much as I can so that they will continue to make awesome games for it. Oh, yeah. Which is why I'm really looking forward to Borderlands 2 on it. That looks like it's going to be awesome. It just blows my mind that that I, game I can no be idea. run on a handheld. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had dude. no idea that they were going to do that. Yeah, they announced it at uh, whatever the last event was, not PAX. I think they announced it at E3, maybe? or No, it was Gamescom. They announced it at Gamescom. Oh, yeah. um, so so there's a couple of things that now that we've talked about the games we've played and gone off on tangents like as like usual. I wanted to I wanted to talk about a couple of things um before we get into the the Ocarina of Time stuff. Um first off cuz I don't think we've ever actually discussed this on the show. What is each of your favorite era of gaming? Like what is the 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 time that you think that you've had the best experience, your favorite gaming era? We'll start with Megatron go. <laughs> SNES probably 16-bit era yeah or PS2 era it's, okay it's hard to, it's hard to pick one yeah right yeah. like early SNES era was really really good like mm-hmm. all those early launch titles for Super Nintendo were awesome yeah um, you know I had a lot of time a lot of fun playing Super Mario World um, 
ActRaiser was another launch title, I believe. Final Fight, um, and I got it pretty early on, so you know, this warm, warm place in my heart <laughs> for that era. I'd vote for Hagger, by the way, any day of the week for mayor. Oh hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A pro wrestler for for mayor. They called it so many years in the future. Yeah. I know, <laughs> I know, so I know. Ahead of the game, and uh, you know, PS2 era is still one of the best, right? Like. There were so many games on PlayStation 2, mm-hmm. and it's still my favorite DVD player. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the hardware is good, right? It oh, never, yeah. never failed. I had the same one. I had two. Um, it yeah, never that's, failed. That's like, funny. So I, there, are, games. there are a lot of people that talk about like the... Uh, the laser dying or the the you know stopped reading blue disc kind of thing and i never had that happen with any ps2 like i had two standard ps2s at different points and a ps2 slim and ne- none of them ever failed on me huh. like they were rocks so yeah 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 i still have a slim um out that i'll never get rid of just because i have a pretty egregious ps2 collection like at one point i i took like the 75 or so ps2 games that i had and then i boiled that down into games i never want to get rid of mm-hmm. and there's like maybe 20 or maybe 30 of those that's pretty much what we did too with our ps2 games we just kind of like we pitched anything that we got a new hd collection of and oh, then um love when that happens. and then pared down the rest to games like made some hard choices about am i ever really going to play this game yeah. probably not pitched it and then now we've got it pared down to just this yeah yeah, it's it's really hard to the PS2 era melds in my mind with a lot of PS1 games, right? Because mm-hmm. it was backwards compatible, and you still continue to play them, like Symphony of Night, for example. Like mm-hmm. that came out PlayStation One, right? That game sucks, by the way. <laughs> You've only played it like eight thousand hours or something. Yeah, like that. I'm um, you know, I played the shit out of still the game too. Um, you know, I didn't all do all the crazy stuff, but you know, I got down to I got to the reverse castle and like all that stuff, or the upside down castle, whatever you call it. Young master, I cannot disobey the master. <laughs> <laughs> and there's just too much there, you know. Like, yeah. it doesn't even matter if you uh, have a favorite game from that era. There's just everything for you there. Yeah. So it's it's all backwards compatible. It's all awesome and it's peachy. all gravy. It's all awesome. Yeah. Like. If you don't like that era, you kind of don't like video games because there's something there for you. Maybe maybe not an MMO or something. Well, yeah. these kids have no idea what they're missing back in the day. That's pretty much what this whole podcast has been. Yep. <laughs> like, no idea what you're missing. Yeah. You young whippersnappers have no concept of non-online games or saving or anything like that. So, I like the video game era of video games. Yes. Of actual games. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Patrick? What's your favorite gaming uh, era? It's, it's kind of hard to decide. It's... Uh, I, I think I think the original question was like what made you That'll be a different question. Oh, okay. We'll we'll get there. Okay. Maybe I would just start it there. No, 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 we'll get there. Uh I think I think what it is is I really liked the era between 2001 and 2004, which was like the golden years of PS2, I think. Dreamcast and as well. Dream a little bit of Dreamcast thrown in there. PS1 was still very relevant. Um but an Xbox like ugh, man like that the, that era of gaming was really really good. Uh, some of my favorite games of all time came out in that that era too. Um, you know, uh, so yeah. Even though it's not like the origins of console gaming and and modern 
uh, gaming and stuff, it's it still became like my favorite era because that's like when like games had awesome story and didn't nickel and dime you mm-hmm. left and right, and it was before the marketers took over. I think um, and making decisions about video games or or hardcore decisions about them. Like obviously, games have always had marketing, but it's uh, it was one of those things where like it was the time for me. I think mm-hmm. for a guy like me, people were making games like that, you know, and not to say that it doesn't happen now. It's more of like people make indie games for people like me now, but, um, it's, it's, uh, they made games for guys back then. D- <laughs> guys like Dor- me. Dorks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I would say, I, I'd say that era, the whole, like, you know the first next gen era which was you know ps2 xbox gamecube and a little bit of dreamcast thrown in there <laughs> i'm dirk hardpeck ps2 game developer <laughs> <laughs> in the year 2013 <laughs> so, yeah. games for dudes <laughs> i think we need to start a gaming company that's that is that just make ps2 games. no that's the entire gaming industry dude oh, okay. <laughs> it already exists Damn. back my kickstarter and you will get babes <laughs> at the 20 we'll level. send a real One girl babe. to your house there the company that's games for dudes is activision i mean that's basically what it is but so. i don't like anything activision puts out <laughs> the craft division yeah. i don't want to play the next call of duty they already made the best call of duty it was call of duty modern warfare 2 and ever since then it's just been garbage mm-hmm. what about you uh so probably not the games for dudes about, era yeah that's uh, it, that actually leads in really well because <laughs> I've played games for a long time. But for me right now, this era of gaming in the last five years has been like my favorite because I've found so many games that I love to play and will replay and have played for freaking hours and hours. And there's indie games and there's big games and there's such a variety and a lot of the stuff that comes out on PSN, like 10 hours worth of gameplay. But for 10 bucks, it's amazing. And they're beautiful games. Mm-hmm. So I'm loving the game industry right now. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's exactly what I was going to say, too. Um, pulling in a lot of the PS2 era, like the PS2 and transition into PS3, mostly because I have a backward compatible PS3. So I play both, right? Um, but like a it's lot like of... like you have a unicorn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like having a unicorn. Um, <laughs> Just plays games. The... So, <laughs> the, kind of you shove the cartridge Whee! in its mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like the PS2 era is, is, I gotta say, is is probably my favorite, but for a different reason. Like there are, um, and one of the reasons why I say the transition into gaming now be, is because a lot of the franchises and the style of gameplay that I love the most started on PS2 and has continued to PS3. Right, so like. 3D platformers, Rat the Ratchet and Clank series, the Sly series, uh, God of War, you know, games of that ilk like that have morphed into things like Infamous and Uncharted and, you know, those style of games um, is just uh, like I have a lot of nostalgia for the types of games that we've talked about on this show, but that nostalgia has led into um, an era of gaming between 2000 and say like 2004 and, and now ish 2011 to 2012. That is just like 
all of my favorite games uh, are fall into that space, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's just like, and like like Christina said, there's, you know, now we've got this kind of indie revolution because gaming's, you know, got started at the end of the PS2 era and beginning of the the this next gen the the PS3 era like everything got so fucking bloated and then people started to realize that like little tiny development companies were making shit and then Steam came out and they're like here you can just put your game out and you can sell it for tons of money and like uh and then you know now that that's growing again or growing out of that um we get kind of this best of both worlds where we we do get those huge triple a bloated blockbusters like um like GTA 5 and and you know the which is set the record for making the, the biggest opening weekend ever and now the most most money of any entertainment property in its first week ever. Uh and you know what's cool about that? If you're patient enough, you could probably get it for 5 bucks. Right. Yeah. That game's not going to get any worse. In fact, it's probably yeah. only going to get better yeah. the longer you wait and it's going to get cheaper. Like a fine wine. I'm starting to I'm, <laughs> like, I'm start, and well and you <laughs> said vinegar. You said <laughs> from <laughs> listening. <laughs> <laughs> they take it offline. That's the vinegar of it. Uh, we uh you know we were we, you said you'd listen to the show where we were talking about how you know just just wait for shit because it's like they they play so much on the hype of getting stuff now 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 um but then you think about it and it's like do I really do I really want to get it now or do I wait a year and a half and get the game of the year edition that's yeah. the same that's going to be twenty dollars cheaper than the launch price with all the DLC and, and with ch- all the bug fixes and chances and are like blah 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 chances, like, chances are when you're buying the game at that time you're just buttering their bread a little bit more because yeah. they've already made their hopefully they've already made their money back on the property anyway uh-huh. and you're just being like here you go thank you exactly you know, the, yeah. your your five dollars is just like all right another just put that on top of the fucking pile. You know, that's to the ceiling. Giant fucking pile of money. Yeah. And that's going to lead, that's going to lead into that other question that we were talking about, which is what, in your history, and it's funny, we talked about like our first consoles and we talked about how we got into gaming, but the one thing that we didn't ever really talk about was, do you, can you identify a point in your gaming history where there was a turning point where like for me, I'll start with me so that you kind of understand what I mean by the question. Like... I started gaming on the Commodore VIC-20, Commodore 64 era, um, through mostly through my parents. And then um, at one point, I got an NES. And I that was my first like console console that, that I owned myself and that I played on. But... I didn't really have much game, many games for my NES, and I didn't, you know, I didn't play it very often, and I was doing a lot of trading and shit with it, and it was just kind of the, the it twelve-year-old was there. network of gaming. Yeah, we were right? just like, I've got this, I've got these two. They're not as good as that one, but <laughs> do you want to trade? Yeah, okay, and you like, and it end up like your parents are like, where did all these fucking games come right. from? Oh, we traded with this one with Jimmy and this one with Bobby, and then Bobby has got my copy of this, and parents were fucking furious they're like where the fuck did yeah but at the same time they didn't know what you're talking about so yeah (laughs) as long as you're happy and it's funny like i played a lot of games on the commodore 64 and the nes at the in that era and was always into gaming and um but i think i figured it i I figured this out and it's really strange uh, once i thought about this question that the moment that i can identify where i really solidified being a gamer was when I got my Game Boy. 
I got my first Game Boy Brick. When you had gaming it on you like, all the time. Yes. And that's exactly what it was. It was like when I was a little kid, when the Game Boy, f- when it was very, very first came out, it was, you know, a couple months before Christmas that year, and a video store, a video rental store in my uh, town in Waldport, Oregon, got a Game Boy, or several Game Boys that they were renting out. And I would go in there and ask, like... <clears throat> I w- I was I'd walk in there all the time because the guy always had like a Super NES hooked up or an NES hooked up and I'd fuck around on it, and he he was like, hey, you want to try this new thing? It's called a Game Boy, and I'm like, a what? And he handed me a Game Boy brick with Super Mario Land, and I start and I was just I was you immediately shake hooked. yourself. Yeah, I, I I peed a little bit and then I ran home as fast as I could and told my parents exactly what it was and what that I wanted it. And Did then, you have one of those giant satchels that also was shaped like a Game Boy that went around your shoulder? Uh, not one of the runs around my shoulder. Then, I did have the fanny pack version because I did eventually I had the Game Boy brick and I had the the light boy and the magnifying glass thing so like it had the speakers on the sides and then the light and the magnifying glass in front of the screen so that I could play it in the dark and all this stuff and um and that was definitely the point where i was just like i'm a gamer and i'm i'm because i want to game all the fucking time now that i can which is also i think what leads into me being such a prolific portable gamer like i've had almost every portable system can you name one you haven't had a wonder swan yeah that is definitely one that I haven't had. Um, an N-Gage? I did not have an N-Gage. That's N-Gage true. wasn't... A, it was a phone, not a fucking game system. Yeah. But, but I mean, I've game had... The system the, doesn't have seven steps to replace the cartridge. <laughs> you don't have <laughs> to take the, the battery out. Pull? <laughs> what the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> anyway. Uh, I, I had almost every iteration of the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance at some point. I had a Game Boy. I had a Game Boy uh, Pocket. I had a Game Boy Color. Um, I When the Game Boy Advance came out, I had the normal, you know, the soap block. And I had... An now ec- I kind of want a Game Boy Advance mold of soap. <laughs> Mosh my bits with... Yeah. With <laughs> something like that. Anyway. Soap my bits. And, yeah, and so I, that's definitely my turning point in gaming so what about you guys we'll start with christina what about you oh gosh um well i kind of played the the nest when it was out like i had family members who had it but uh then when the game gear released i asked for it for christmas and got it and then um when i think i when i got to the point where i could play the first level sonic at as fast as possible and get everything on the level i'm like okay yeah i'm into this <laughs> <laughs> and ever since then i've played tons of different games we've owned different systems and we needed you on the sonic episode because we all fucking yeah. hated it oh, i like oh, <laughs> i think i was the only one that liked it yeah uh, maybe which that would have been yeah that would have been good yeah so ever since so so it would have been sonic was really yeah your, your turning point yep cool patrick uh I spent the summer between seventh and eighth grade going in and out of the independent game store in my hometown of Marysville, Washington. Uh, it was called the Game Outlet. And uh, I remember a very distinct point. I actually had enough money saved up to buy my own console at that moment. And on the shelf was a PlayStation for, I think it was like 130 or something like that. And then on the other shelf was a Saturn that was pretty much the same price, but it came with Daytona USA, uh, Virtua Fighter 2, and one other game. Oh, Virtua Cop. And the PlayStation just came with a PlayStation the Underground demo disc. disc. Yeah. Demo disc. <laughs> and I looked at the two, and I was like, 
I really like Sega because I had owned a Genesis before that. And I was just like, and I really liked Virtua Fighter in the arcade. So I was like, I really want to get good at Virtua Fighter. And so I looked at the two. It was literally a turning point. And I went with the Saturn. And so I spent that entire summer going in and out of the game outlet, renting every Saturn game. Because <laughs> I would, here's the cycle of my summer. It was do some chores, get enough money to rent a game, go rent that game, beat it, take it back, do some chores, get enough money. It just fucking cycled through almost the entire Saturn library that they had at that game, uh, that, that game store. And spent most of my summer doing that. And that's when I was like, wow, I fucking like video games a lot. And, and uh, yeah, so um, I think that's what it was, was owning my own console and then trying to play the entirety of that fucking library. Yeah. Uh, and all of my and other friends... There were some bad fucking games oh, on Saturn awful, library. <laughs> awful. Uh, fuck. Bub. Bug 2 was okay, but it was, had some problems. Yeah. Fucking, but some of them were really weird, like Dark Savior, which is the sequel to Landstalker, and the whole in- chapter of the game started the first level. You had a timer that was ticking down. It was isometric platforming, which is awful. <laughs> <laughs> but then it had this really shitty like fighting game battle system that barely ever happened. Anyway, so... <laughs> Anyway, nobody knows what I'm talking about at all. It's nope. fucking great. Except for the one guy that was like, yeah, Landstalker. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, dude. Um, what else? dude. There were some games that were just like shitty ports from like Commander No Remorse. What the fuck? You're like this red uh, Boba Fett looking dude and you would run around like blowing up an office building and shit. It's like, what the fuck is this? This is terrible. Um, but there was also really good games like Shining Force 3 was out on there. Uh, Panzer Dragoon. Panzer Dragoon. Both Panzer Dragoon. Th- wait, there was three Panzer Dragoons on that fucking system. Still considered some of the best games. Yeah. Panzer Dragoon 2, especially because with the branching paths and the fucking, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know what those are, but I heard that those were ridiculously expensive to purchase. Okay, now. Panzer Dragoon is Star Fox on the back of a dragon, yep. and you can shoot in any direction you want all yep. the way sold, around you. Sold, sold, boring. <laughs> Take my money. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, basically Star Fox set the bar, and then Panzer Dragoon picked it back up and made it. Eight billion times better in the weirdest fucking universe ever. There's no frog telling you to do a barrel roll or something <laughs> like that. No, there's no barrel rolls. You're a dragon. Dragons don't do barrel rolls. They Wait, don't? No, well, no, not in this game. This one is just like, kill all that weird shit. <laughs> like, kill the weird shit. Okay. Until like, can I hit that thing? I don't know. It's not flashing. Okay, keep shooting at it. Uh, oh, there, there it is. Hit that spot over and over and over again and make sure you don't get hit. Yeah. Gotcha. Pan's dragon. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, spent the entire summer playing as many Saturn games as possible. Many of them were horrible. Some of them were surprisingly good. Um, I'm having a hard time remembering specific titles. I remember playing like Three, Three Dirty Dwarves was really good. Three Dirty Dwarves. It was like wow. all hand... Oh, God, it was so weird. It was like a three-player game. Uh, dwarf, Saturn Dwarf Sex Simulator. Saturn Bomberman was really good. Mm-hmm. He's making the finger in the... Yeah. What about you, Megatron? What was it, what is your turning point in gaming? Finger in the hole. My <laughs> turning point that for Ninja Gaming was nineteen eighty six Super Mario Brothers one. Wow, really? That first level 
of Super Mario Brothers. Now that I know more about game design in general, mm-hmm. that first screen of Super Mario Brothers is almost perfect game design for video games because it teaches you everything you need to know mm-hmm. right away mm-hmm. through trial and error. You know, you're like, okay, this thing's flashing. What do I do? Oh, I hit it. Uh, if I walk into the sky, yeah, I die. A little... What do I do now? Well, I guess I jump on him. Okay. Ta-da. That's all you need to know. Yep. Because the first thing you do in that game is you're like, I'm standing here. Oh, shit. There's something coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do I... Oh, I can jump. What do I do? Okay. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's and everybody's been killed by that very first Goomba. Oh yeah, he's uh-huh. got the multiple high, times. He's got that high. He's got the highest kill count in any video game <laughs> ever. Yeah, most <laughs> deadly video game enemy yep. in the history of gaming. The Alpha Goomba. <laughs> <laughs> I could go on uh, about other games that just really hooked me. Um, game Boy was really important. Uh, Castlevania on mm-hmm. the Game Boy was when i went just the hyperdrive over video games yeah the castlevania adventure is so good yeah we i mean we were like school <laughs> video games yeah you know we're gonna play game boy instead of school and uh look where i am now For the last two, three-ish weeks, uh, to varying degrees, we have all been playing the the game that we decided uh, almost a year ago to be our final episode of the show. Well, fuck, actually, I think we decided, long before we decided that the show was ending, I think we had talked about the idea of, of Ocarina of Time being our final episode of the show. Big blowout. Um, because... It, Early on in the in the inception of the show, we we had talked about making it almost entirely eight and sixteen bit era games, um, and then once we felt like we had you know at the time when we thought that we would be doing this show forever, we would th- we th- we were like, well, once we run out of eight and sixteen bit games, which is going to be hard because there's a fuckload of them, then we can start moving into like N sixty four and PS one era stuff. And uh, so when we finally, when we decided, I think it was around episode 60 that we decided that we were going to end the show at around 75, um, turned out to be 80. We we picked the last few games to be, or the last two games were the only non-16-bit, like beyond the 16-bit era, which were Symphony of the Night, clearly, and now uh, Ocarina of Time. Um, there was some discussion about... Um, uh, there was some discussion about whether or not we were going to do um, Mario 64 or uh, Ocarina of Time. And I think, uh, I, th- I don't, I don't, I mean, I know why I picked Ocarina of Time because frankly, I think it's a better game, but um, it's a different flavor. Of- it's a very different flavor. Um, and I, I mean, I can That's get into idea. I mean, I can get into my reasoning. Like, I, I thought that, um, I think that Ocarina of Time, in my not-so-humble opinion, um, while Mario 64 is a, is a great game, and it's it definitely ushered in the era of the analog stick and had some designs, um, some really amazing design elements for its time, uh, I, think, I think Ocarina of Time is a more polished game. And I think that Ocarina of Time was the first 
um, the first time gamers got a sense of scale in their games, to be honest. Um, this is the first time where when this game came out, people started fucking around with it. Fucking uh, around in a giant empty field with nothing in it. Yeah, it's a giant empty field, but you, at the time, you were like, I've never seen this kind of scale in a game before. I have never been able to just run around and be able to see everything that I can get to, right? I can, if I stand on the top of the rise in Hyrule Field, I can see Lon Lon Ranch and the and the entrance to Kakariko Village and the castle and all of this shit, and I can see it, and I can, and not only can I see it, I can, I can fucking run to it. I can get there. I disagree. I think A Link to the Past was way bigger. It seems so much more grand, a much larger scale, because it takes you longer to get anywhere. Uh, I didn't. I, Having but you one big see field it. where everything's on the outskirts is one thing. You but can like look in all directions around you in three dimensions. Yeah. You know, <laughs> see, and like yes, you could also walk there because it's analog. Ooh, you can walk. You know, which yeah. you only had to do a couple of you times. You didn't actually walk. You actually rolled everywhere <laughs> until you <laughs> got Epona. <laughs> you're <laughs> like. <laughs> actually make you go faster i just makes that. you feel like you're going faster um until you pause and then you're like god damn it keep moving yeah link to the past is definitely a big game like mm-hmm. this and i think link to the past did for the 16-bit era what uh ocarina of time did for the games going forward where in the 16-bit era yeah you looked at link to the past and it's huge mm-hmm. like the map is gigantic especially um What's funny for me about with Link to the Past is that you walk around and you see your little bit of the screen and you you do get this kind of sense that you have to go from point A to point B and it's not until you like look at a guide or something and you saw the whole map and you're like Jesus fucking Christ it is a long way from the desert to the Zora Kingdom yeah. like <laughs> um, but that's kind of the same thing where this was ushering in the 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 era of 3D gaming yeah. in a way that. Um, that made it real, made it um, like feasible to see this kind of thing. Because you look at the 3D games that were coming out before this, like you look at some of the shit that came out on the PlayStation in the early days, and like most of the PlayStation 1 library, is, most of the 3D PlayStation 1 library is nigh unplayable now. Perfect because, weapon. Ah, oh, <laughs> G-Police. <laughs> um, you look at some of those games, and they're you, they're... They're muddy blocks of brown pixels that just you hey, can't. Hey, there were it. muddy blocks of brown pixels in this game. There definitely were. Especially after you go through the Temple of Time and then it goes from happy-go-lucky, fun rainbow world to everything's brown, dying. brown burnt hell <laughs> zone with screaming faceless Fucking corpses. <laughs> Those things really actually freak me out pretty bad, even playing it now. It's like, wow, that's... Kind of a fucked up entity. They scream at you, you're frozen, <laughs> and then they uh, jump on your back and suck the life out of you. You're like, Quickly. nope, 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 <laughs> nope, no, no, no. Guess I'm starting over. I hate when you start trying to, they grab you, you finally get away, and you start trying to run away, but they walk just fast enough that they keep catching up to you, and so they scream, and it does that cut scene. So you take a step, it screams, it does the cut scene, you take a step, and it screams, it does, <laughs> and like, for like five minutes, I'm trying to get away from this damn mummy. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah, because they, they were trying to do every genre possible, and, and also have it be Zelda, because they had like... 
elements of a stealth game where you had to like sneak behind those those pigs or whatever in mm-hmm. that in the, the lost woods or whatever and uh so it's like oh we're, hey, we can do metal gear too <laughs> and then uh they had you know moments of what was my point oh like horror and stuff they're like look there's a horror game in here too so they have these screaming like skinless zombie things mm-hmm. um and then they also had oh it's a racing game you can do a horse race whip de do see yeah. look uh, at all these fucking uh, fuck that horse I hated race the horse. so much what did you did you lose uh, I didn't lose I just uh, I like hard yeah it was it was it was definitely hard um I don't I don't hate the horse I don't hate opponent no I like opponent like, I just hate riding the horse yeah <laughs> once you, jump damn fences but you could wear <laughs> ride a horse finally I was fine riding could, the oh, horse because I could not aim on the damn horse yeah, I never true. did any of have the you side tried? quests of trying to aim from the horse I gave up on all of have those. you ever tried to fire bow and arrow from the ba- from a horseback it's probably not very easy <laughs> no it's probably life. not very no. easy but when you put it in a video game you're supposed to make it easy for yeah. me so that it seems like I'm doing something cool Give me a tar- Get, so I, I don't think any game ever has made that easy. Yeah. <laughs> you think of one? Like maybe Sunset Riders, I think. That doesn't really that count. That doesn't really count, but like in a 3D game while riding a horse, never made it. Like uh, Red Dead Redemption, even? Oh, no. F- shooting from the horse in Red Dead Redemption was See? fucking awful. Yeah. They. Uh, they had a lot of horseback quests in the next Zelda game. Which one was it? It was Majora's, the, Majora's uh, Mask. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, I, Twilight, I don't even Toilet Princess. It's Twilight Princess, right? Wasn't Wasn't there a lot of horseback? Yeah, there was. It was still difficult. It was still difficult, but it was a lot because you're like better a, designed. I than have played all of twenty minutes of twilight princess i've just never gotten into it yeah. i've heard yeah. i've heard good things about it everybody that i know that's played it thought it Actually, was a good game uh, uh i've like zelda plus okami i've played yeah i've played you know? uh, a lot of these like I've, i think i've pretty much played every console zelda game that i can think of. oh except for majora's mask i have not played majora's mask and that's what this game wanted me to play or that's what made me want to play was majora's mask i've played this game on every platform that there is uh in 64 we yep. all of them and and this time i started playing it on 3ds and as it is better it plays slightly better uh and it is essentially the same game so i don't feel like i'm cheating or anything like that no not at all because <laughs> i played it on 3ds as well <laughs> I felt kind of wrong but it's still it 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 smoothed out a lot of the edges of the things that i didn't like about it like the shitty content camera control when you're shooting trying oh, to do first person oh. stuff right yes. okay from a fan you're like yeah that's mm. not even get that good S- still the camera control still for crazy. the era when it came out oh yeah was it was good amazing. yeah right yeah. i still, yeah. Hated, like, I that, still hated the camera and it's, i couldn't get over yeah, it. it made it hard yeah the camera definitely made it hard even then but yeah. like no Nope, stop it. Yeah, Got I want to aim up at this fine. fucking thing, and I'm, oh, I'm not close enough. I can't just scoot <laughs> 10 feet forward well, a little bit and shoot surprise, at it. Surprise, there's a wall behind you. The camera oh, yeah. sees the wall. Oh, you didn't yeah. see all these yeah. bad guys creeping things. up behind you and knocking you over uh, while you're oh, almost Oh, now the camera's through the ground. Yeah. <laughs> the worst was that, that part in that, uh, fuck, it's the forest temple where you're going around in a circle, and there's that torch in the middle, and there's that thing you need to shoot that's also mm-hmm. encompassed in ice and you have yep. to like you shoot, shoot it the arrow oh through the it torch so and into the, oh yeah I, I, it was one i of ran those, out of arrows once it was another one of those fucking rooms where you're like okay now what the fuck well because like, you go in there and you're like uh <laughs> um, okay <laughs> you see this shit rolling around you're like uh okay and then you finally get up there and you see what you're actually supposed to do you're like, you gotta be fucking kidding me 
Really? Well, and it, and makes, it, it you it, go around it like twenty times, waiting for it to get the right spot. Fuck. And it makes it all harder that there isn't a single targeting reticle in this game at all. Like everything is just there is on the hook shot. Um, is there? There is on the three DS. You lock version. on with the hook shot. Yeah, you can look on, well, but you don't have to. There's like a laser pointer thing that shows. Because what we um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because so uh, I mean, the bow and arrow doesn't have that. So. It, you have no point of reference on where you're shooting. What I've what I what I've done well, in I the mean, past. Looking at it helps. Yeah, but no. What I mean, I've like what I've actually done in the past. No, you're is, not. It's like it's at an angle. Oh, yeah. Sure. So just guess. Well, and you think it's going to be like where the edge of the arrow is, but it's not. It's like up a couple inches. <laughs> what we did uh, in the past, several people that I know, is um, at one point in the game, both for the slingshot and for the bow and arrow, is we'd cut out a little corner off of like a post-it <laughs> and we'd stick it to the center of the fucking screen <laughs> to make a, an impromptu wow. targeting reticle. <laughs> and, uh, and that was the way that you finally just like, I actually want to see where I'm shooting. That's um, kind of fun. Actually, you know, what's funny is, is even though it's like a gnarly design choice, like that's like breaking the fourth wall to accomplish things in old school games is actually kind of part of the fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're like, Oh man, I had to do that just to figure out what the fuck I'm supposed to do. Like, I, yeah. Um, but yeah, like the this, this is what I I didn't I actually didn't like this game very much. I still don't like it. Fuck and, what? and yet you've played it on. I've all played the it on. I've given ever. it a shot so many times because everybody's like, you don't like Ocarina Time? What's the fuck? You call yourself a gamer? How can you like that cute little Zelda guy running around in this game? Little thing. He gets a little pouty. He whips it. He's a guy. He's a big person. Why don't you like all these? Guys? I fucking hate every character in this game. <laughs> All of it. Ah! He's like the silent protagonist bullshit. I'm so done with it. Like, ah! 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 Yeah, like you don't like the story ah! and all the. I'm like, no, I don't. I'm a heartless bastard. I fucking hate everything. Like, but sorry, teaches you her song, and then she grows up and becomes a sage. Didn't your heart just? Mel- no, I just wanted to get through their next fucking dungeon. <laughs> I'm death all done. Get my fucking bow and arrow. Anyway, so. Um. <laughs> No, I just like I just, you have this huge rant and you don't even have an end game here. You just I like, don't. Fucking suck just like, fuck that's, I that's, don't what, like that's what this whole experience playing it again. I'm like, God damn it, fucking get over to this thing. Like every time it'd be like, Oh man, I'm running down in a hallway. Oh, I don't have a fucking key. I missed something. God damn, we're not gonna back the fuck track out of this oh, thing. That's the oh the fucking water temple. I, I'm gonna, didn't, I, didn't oh, get I was to gonna bring temple. up the water temple. I did. I did. <laughs> I, I I got further in this game than I have before, ever, but I didn't finish it this time and i tried to but i just it didn't happen i didn't and finish it either uh i have finished it twice in the past and i've played it quite often um and no matter how many times i've played this game like i i'm on the opposite end of the spectrum yes there's some aggravating things about this game um uh navi is the worst thing that has ever Still. happened to a video game ever hey period. i know you're i know you're in the middle of a boss fight but you should take a break yeah you should take a look at this <laughs> no There's... that doesn't happen in ocarina of time that happens in skyward sword it, yeah. it, no it happens in the 3ds version too they yeah, took that same thing they're like hey you've been playing a while why don't you Nintendo's take a break i'm almost me. killed garandorf they're like you should just chill out man <laughs> yeah. hey dude why don't you just you know yeah, yeah. cool it for nintendo, a moment nintendo like, is absolutely hey, dead listen. to me hey yeah. hey 
Listen, listen. Fuck, fuck you. Fuck no, you, Navi. Fuck. Not- I'm so. I get so sick of two things. And and I realized replaying this game, it's not even just her voice going, "Hey, listen. Hey." It's also that stupid sound every time she fucking flies every into t- something. <laughs> no, she's yeah. like, like you're walking around. You're just walking, and she's like, it's like the. It's like the fucking. Most ADD particle effect ever. It's just yeah. like it's like you're turning around and then it's zooming around your head and then it's like it jumps into your satchel and then it jumps out of your satchel and then you're targeting something and it's coming over here. And you're like, yeah, and like you're walking through a hallway full of enemies and she's flying out to show you the enemies that you're looking at in the hallway that's right in front in front of you. It's like there's an enemy right here. Hey, hey, listen, there's an enemy in front of you. Hey, listen, you killed that one. Cool. I'm gonna go show you this other one over here. There's another enemy. Can you see it? It's right in the fucking front of you. And there's uh, a re- that's I, the reason they didn't ever do that mechanic ever again. I know. I know. It's, yeah. I'm so happy they no, didn't. No, they God, did it again. When? They did it in Skyward Sword where? where you have a backwards Japanese talking alien that sprouts out of your sword every three fucking seconds. Oh, yeah, that thing. <laughs> it, in comparison, Navi is way better. Really? Like, I would take Navi all day. I didn't actually buy I, it. <laughs> wow. I liked how weird Navi it was. Navi is at least somewhat endearing and helpful in situations where you could be helped. Oh, that's right. The, they had Midna in the... That in Midna can die in a fucking fire. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, sat in front of that game and I was like, oh, Skyward Sword, this seems cool. Like, it's pretty and, you know, like, some of the and characters... The combat's can, real. Combat's real, like, whatever. And then I get, you know, it's like, here's your bird. And you're like, oh, sweet. I get to fly around. It's like, no, it's gated. You can't fly to that island. And then the thing comes out of your sword. It's like, oh, your, your controller's running out of battery soon. Your controller's <laughs> running a battery soon every fucking minute. And then it's like, oh, do you want to stop playing now? No, I don't want to stop playing. I'm an adult. I, I hate that in games. That's happened a lot in recent games where Nintendo it's just like... Nintendo is really going off the deep end with that kind of stuff. I It happens in other games, too. Like, it happens in... Um uh, Rayman Origins does it too, where you'll you'll be playing for if you play for a long period of time, it'll it'll just stop every once in a while and be like, hey, do you want to take a break now? I know you want a power sesh, but uh, yeah. we want to make sure that you're playing this game long enough to tell your friends about it, well, and not even, forget about it in a week. Like, that even happened in um, we were a uh, couple episodes ago. We were talking about Earthbound, and that fucking happens in Earthbound, where you really? go and you go every time you go and you call your dad to save in that game. It's like, hey, you know what? You've been playing for a while. You should. Are you sure? Or you'll get but calls. That's what your you'll, dad you'll would get say. Calls right, and you'll be. It'll be like yeah. bling bling, and you answer, and you're like, hello, and it's like, are you sure you don't want to like? You sure you don't want to take a break for a while now? I'm like. No, if I wanted to take a break, I'd turn the fucking system off. Just let me play my game. What? <laughs> what? You're talking to the side of your microphone like you told was, us all not to do. I was talking to the side of my microphone because I was yelling. So. You too, you too. Because yelling anyway. at random objects. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it's a meta okay. argument. Now, aside from, <laughs> aside from I, Navi. I don't mind Navi. Yeah. As, aside from Navi. I actually really, really, like, I was surprised at how much I liked this game again, because I hadn't played it in, a, in quite a long time, actually. I think I last time I played it was probably seven years ago, something yeah. like that. And um, I played it on the 3DS version, and uh, we, Christina and I can, can and Christina can uh, talk about the, the virtual console version, because she played yep. it on virtual console, which is basically the original. Um a lot of the control things, they like you said, they smoothed out a lot of stuff, and it's especially nice um, having the uh, the touchscreen controls that they put in that. Oh game my god, fucking phenomenal! Awesome, phenomenal! Like being able to, like you bring up your item list and you've got your your one and two 
you yeah. know, extra extra slots, item slots, and then your button slots for everything except. Uh, I, I just kept the jar in that sorry. number one slot always in case yeah. I ran into a fairy and it'd be like, boop, oh, I got yeah. another life. And all you have to do is reach over and touch the touch screen and use your use your bottle. And swapping them out is super easy, right? Like you've got the thing on there, you touch the thing, you touch the item, and it swaps them. It's having like the fucking real, map all of that God, stuff is freaking menu. Having the, the map VC up there always is annoying. The menu you. They took away oh, they took away the entire HUD, so there's nothing on your actual gameplay screen anymore. Well, except for your um, three buttons that yeah. you press to to use your weapon no, 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 or uh, jar and whatnot. No, not even no I mean I'm talking about on the three D S version. Oh, okay. On the three D S version, all of that stuff is on the touch screen. Um, your gameplay oh so you screen have a whole is screen just for the actual game. Your yes. gameplay screen is completely empty, except for the game, and um, you no longer have that stupid pseudo 3D menu switch thing where, like you know, you got <laughs> oh. you bring the stupid. menu and then you switch and it goes boop. It's like that yeah. moving a cube around, like yeah, yeah. inside of a yeah. cube, moving the fourth wall around. <laughs> but um, what I hated it at the beginning, it doesn't tell you how to open your menu. It doesn't tell you how to switch thing items mm-hmm. until well into the game when you have like four items. Yeah. I could not figure out how to switch my goddamn <laughs> items at the beginning of the game. I got so frustrated. I had to look it up in a freaking guide on how to do this damn thing when a game should teach you how to do that. Yeah, you'd think that that would be the point of the village you wake up. But what's the fucking village? What's Kakariko village? No, no, no. Kakariko's the... Uh, Kaori village. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? What village are you talking about? The sir? first village, the where you wake up and yeah. start the game, the village that Link is from. Let me look. I don't remember. Anyway, um, just pull it right out. Kokiri Forest. Kokiri, that's yeah. it. Whatever. Um, so I don't like the story. I don't have pay. I'm just trying to grind through the dungeons. <laughs> you think fucking the, kill a boss. You would think that that's what Kokiri Forest would be for, right? Running around, learning how to do shit, including your menu items and everything. Like you should, the, okay, the so first few things that you say. do at the beginning of that game should be go grab an item here, go grab your sword here, go get your shield here. Now, now that you've grabbed a second item, here's how you change items. And nope. Here's all you like nope. that stuff should be. It's subtle. It's it's like yeah. Miyamoto's like no 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 <laughs> subtle. <laughs> Let the character decide where be thing, and you can. Oh God, I'm being so racist right now. <laughs> uh, just like they, they were like, lost all, lost all. Discover where they are. So that's that's that leads to a point that I wanted to make about Zelda games is that if you don't already know where the fuck you're supposed to do, you're supposed to kind of just figure it out by luck, just by trial and error. Yeah. yeah. And I have the shittiest luck with these fucking games. I'm just like, where the fuck am I? Sp- how am I supposed to use this thing? Oh, I was supposed to shoot those those paintings. Oh, I was supposed to. They're like, oh, you're supposed to go find your shield somewhere, or like you, or somebody has a sword. Where are they? I don't know where the fuck they are. Yeah, go around, talk to everyone until you find your goddamn sword. Yeah, so that, that's what the game is about. Yeah, I know, and, and I and, and I, I knew, don't like it. I knew going into it because like like everybody, I've played this game before, mm. um, and I definitely wanted to play it again i did not want to have to go through all the fucking bullshit of talking to every person in the world <laughs> five six times to figure out what i need to do playing it trial and error because i'm like i've put so many hours into this game i don't want to put another 50 hours into this game for this podcast yeah. so i used a freaking guide for the entire yeah. thing and it made it such a breeze i still got to enjoy the game but i didn't have to grind to figure out what i had to do next yeah i think i think having the time limit of starting this week made the game not as good because I was 
like I'm gonna I really want to finish it before last episode. And so every time I saw a cutscene, I was like, okay, shut up already. Just yeah. like get the, get oh man, the, the cutscenes. I wish I could. <laughs> but skip I could understand. I could I could understand if if I like conscious consciously chose to play this game i would be like oh well if i just took my time through the game and played it over the you know next month or so it i'd probably like it a little bit better but i just didn't you know it's an interesting it's an interesting side effect of of doing this show that one of the things that we have repeatedly touched on especially with with any games in the era that we've we reviewed is We'll say things like we're talking about. Well, it doesn't. I didn't. I didn't know how to fucking switch my items and blah 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 blah. And then when you think about it, we almost always were like, well, you know, it was probably in the manual. Uh, and it again, it was very likely those kinds of instructions were in the manual for this game. People read but, manuals to play games, but that's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. like, and I'm and there is a there's a virtual console manual that you can access when you're playing a VC game, but nobody ever fucking looks at no. it. Like nobody, I don't. I'm pretty sure that people that play I VC don't titles don't directions. even know that there is a fucking online manual attached to them. Like they just don't care. Um, it, and. It's an int- it's really interesting to me how often we've been like how the fuck do I do this and when we start talking about it we're like oh you know they probably said that in the manual in the, in the original version the, the snotty answer is why don't you just Google it oh I mm. it's not a lot uh, yeah I have a whole other tangent about that but I'm not yeah. gonna go into it Michael John you have said almost nothing yeah I think this game is awesome yeah yeah why is that because it it, it not just using the word awesome to fill it is awesome like the actual meaning of the word it it is it fills me with awe um there was so much hype for this game in my high school when this when it came out um it was pretty much every other word that came out of people's mouths so you'd be like uh class zelda zelda assignment (laughs) zelda how about that zelda i'm gonna go take a zelda yeah Yeah, i'll be right back yeah (laughs) that big brown zelda (laughs) (laughs) I need to go to the ocarina's office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it got in trouble for playing with my navy. Being able to, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, being able to have this open world and just run around and explore on a pony uh, was was great. Like, and there were other things that were very catchy in the game that sort of solidify it in people's memories right mm-hmm. oh, while memes. navi was annoying she's generated uh, memes yes. in herself so she's like a memorable character that is well designed right despite the fact that she is annoying it, she's really important to the game and right? frankly in this game she's more memorable than zelda is sure eh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So. or link or ganon or any other character yeah <laughs> everybody remembers <laughs> that that goddamn fairy yeah Bugging you every two minutes. Nobody remembers her name, but everyone yeah. knows. Hey, listen. Hey, it's listen. like it's like that. Sn- you're like a snooze alarm that you can't shut off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they really enforced with this game this sort of running theme that they've been going with the Zelda games, which is the dual world. Theme. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. right. They started it in uh, Link to the Past, mm-hmm. and they really, really started put it forward in Ocarina. Uh, right. Technically, they did the Dark World in Zelda Two because the oh, Dark Link and he was sure. from a different world. Zelda the Two never counts <laughs> ever. Well, I, technically it does because I'm trying to get it. <laughs> nope. 
Zelda 2 is not a game. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Uh, That's my favorite. It, and it's really obvious with this because you're you know traveling between two forms, right? Your character is yeah. old and young. Um, you have another thing that makes it really memorable is jingles. The game is centered around jingles, yeah. right? And so you found and the music in general in this game is phenomenally yeah, very good. good. Yeah, the game is just put together really well. Yeah. Um, you know there are some camera issues, but the nobody had really done 3D combat the way right. that that Nintendo Nintendo had done it with this, mm-hmm. right? And it it worked right you could uh you know you could run freely around in combat or you could uh you know lock on to an enemy um, you were able to block easily um i didn't have any trouble with it so i mean running ga- running gag with zelda games is that you know uh i don't like the sound of the beeping when i get low on oh, hearts yeah. and like well oh, i didn't no. have that trouble because i'm awesome right just don't, just get, don't hit. get hit yeah. <laughs> like you got hit by stuff, bro. What was it from Dude, the early days of the show? Get big points. Get, do, don't Hot get balls. hit. Do big damage. So <laughs> big. <laughs> Biggest uh, balls ever. No, uh, that, like, you did bring up a good point. Like, you go through this whole game trying not to get, like, trying to figure out, because you don't have to get hit in this game ever. If you're awesome at it, you like, yeah, you're yeah. Just, like th- every time I'd go through a dungeon or encounter a new enemy, I would sit there and figure out how do I get through this without getting hit at all? Because you're going to run into like infinite, you know, every time you go in and out of a room, enemies respawn. So it's key to like figure out how to kill all of that shit without getting hit at all. And some of it, it's like, oh man, I can't kill this thing now. I have to run around it. And then later on you get the thing that kills that, you know, the thing that's kicking your ass. And and yeah. it's, but you have to figure that out through trial and error. Yeah. Like everything in Zelda, you have to figure it the fuck out. It doesn't, it's nothing is straightforward. And I don't find that very fun. In these game, in this context, I, this game. I wanted to bring up one really yeah. important point about this game is is that um, Sheik exists. Yeah, Sheik exists. Uh, we had been waiting for forever. Uh, that you know, Princess finally put some pants on, literally yeah. in this case, and starts mm-hmm. to do shit on her on her own. She's a more memorable character than than Absolutely. Link is in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and Nintendo really did a disservice by after this making their characters their female characters less yeah important like uh, the princess has gone from being chic to just sort of this damsel in distress and you see it start they've they've continually sort of shat on samus in Mm -hmm. the metroid series unless it was being made by a u.s audience and it's like, listen, and Japanese like, dudes uh, who may be old and old school, uh, it, it's okay to make characters that are female that have their own storyline. And that's right? what, well, and that was that was huge in this game. That was a huge exactly. deal even back in the day. People were like, wow, that's awesome. And there are so many, I know, um, have spoken with so many female gamers who like that was a huge deal to them in their gaming history was that they were yeah they had to spend the whole time playing as as link and they di- you know they didn't see a lot of representation for the characters they were playing but they finally played a game a lot of the girls that I know when they were very young or high school age playing a game where they finally saw a female character being just as if not more kick ass than the main character in the game but then there was, was like, what oh wait never mind he just looked he looked very fe- feminine <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, or maybe just androgynous. I don't know. 
Yeah. Bishi is the <laughs> Japanese term for oh, it. Oh, sorry. Bishonen. Uh, yeah. Wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> Success. <laughs> Successful de- uh, successfully derailed. I yeah, have successfully destroyed language. I, um, <laughs> I, I have to come back to the music of this game. This, the mu- every... There is not... Like, aside from just the jingles, right? Yeah. Like, the background music in this game is phenomenally good. It is mm-hmm. so recognizable. I remember There's trying to learn uh, a Led Zeppelin riff on the ocarina. Because <laughs> they just <laughs> let you play it whatever. Like, I almost got it at one point, but I'm not that talented, so. <laughs> I just... I just um, there is... There is not a single... In my, as far as I'm aware, even younger gamers who came to this game later, you know, through, you know, who maybe didn't play it the first time through, I don't think there's a single gamer out there who would not be able to identify. Oh, God. It's just, it's ingrained. It's one of those songs that, like, we all know it. We all know if you hear it, you're like, oh, that's from Ocarina of Time. Yep. And <laughs> sorry, that's what I that's what always goes through my head because as much as the music is, is you will good, be cheerful or else. I know. Sorry, I just it's, it just reminds me of like, oh, it's that game I don't like. <laughs> it's that game I don't like. <laughs> which is which makes total sense. If you don't like this, it makes total sense why you think Zelda Two is your favorite because it's not a fucking Zelda game. Yeah. It's, it's more like really it's more like Symphony of the Night. Uh, Think about it; it's like a two D game where you level up. Oh, yeah! It's Castle, very Castlevania like. Yeah. Pat's Pavlovian reaction to pain. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I hear that music and I just want to die. <laughs> I um, this game, this game has all of the things. Uh, it, it's a it's a very good culmination of the type of things that we've talked about during our our time on this show because there are things in it like the water temple, which. You go through the rest of the game, and <clears throat> I, I agree with you on one thing, Patrick, that um, I don't mind the fact that I have to go collect items to do things, to do the next thing. Yeah, that part's fine. What's what's bothersome is that... Because when you get that item, you're like, fuck yes! <laughs> they've, I can open all those doors! <clears throat> is that they've stuck me in this giant open world, open-ish world, with so little indication of where... I need to get those things, right? So like you said, you have to go talk to fucking everybody. You have to wander around and fucking find somebody, find the guy that's going to tell you where the fuck you need to get the next thing. Yeah, or, the whole game is a giant effing riddle. Yeah. And then there's so much... If you're um, not in the mood for, for riddles. <laughs> yeah. There's so many... There are so many items, like, um, I don't want to say extraneous, but extra items that you can get that are... literally just dropped in a random spot in a dungeon and if you don't know it's there you can completely bypass it yeah Um, there's that weird anxiety like oh my god did i miss something in that dungeon i just finished it i'm pretty sure there's that chest over there that i I don't want to go back god i don't want to grind especially and that's why i'm bringing up the water temple because fuck the water temple like it's so it is so much more difficult and so much more repetitive and backtracky than any other dungeon in this game or in the history of video games really <laughs> no it's 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 pretty analogous to the ice temple in uh link to the past right yeah there's always that te- there's always one dungeon that is just fucking hard right yeah. but once you get it you're like Oh, 
it was there the whole time. And then it's clever, right? And you're like, oh, this is awesome. I have to backtrack in order to do this but thing. But the, the time that it takes to figure that out versus the time, the satisfaction you get afterwards, for me, doesn't fucking equate. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't yeah, balance. Yeah, I agree with that. And, yeah. it's be, and, and yes, it's clever. It was the best thing that ever happened to my life. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck There's you guys. It's like college Don't graduation. Shit all over, yeah. Yeah, like... No, better. And yeah. the, no, well, college temple. graduation wasn't wasn't yeah. awesome. It was like sweaty and <laughs> icky, boring. Yeah, where where I'll lead with that. And, and the water, te- water temple. The water temple wasn't yeah. <laughs> like, sitting there sweating. Like, oh god, I almost got. I have to fill this fucking thing with water again. God, I'm <laughs> losing my virginity and beating the water temple are like right there together, <laughs> equally as awkward. <laughs> Just well, as sweaty. Now imagine if it happened at the same <laughs> moist. time. Same, they were both moist. <laughs> the same fluids were. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you lead over her. Okay. Yeah. Right. No, I, I got this. It's fine. You're, you're good. No, I um, I, where I was leading with that is that yes, the water temple is frustrating. Um, I did not find that with any other temple in this game. Well, the ice temple is a little annoying because it's a fucking ice level, and ice levels like nobody likes ice levels, but. Um, for the most part, the game as a whole, like I don't feel that frustration that I felt with with the water temple anywhere else in the game. Most of the dungeons, they're a little labyrinthine. They, you know, they on purpose. You have to kind of run around and figure shit out. You have to do carrying a lot of fighting. <laughs> I actually kind of like carrying. Pretty the, up there. Now, you know why I liked carrying the Zora princess is because you could throw her at shit. I have, <laughs> I have never, ever, ever discovered that before. I read that in the fucking guide. Oh really? I never knew oh, you could throw her. That at was things the first thing I did. Them. Does she I do was damage? So frustrated. Yeah. yeah, she's like a weapon. She she's actually like throwing a rock. I thought I had to protect. The shit out of her and i couldn't let her touch anything i couldn't leave her anywhere i had to like i'd have to set her down and then go attack things i never knew you could throw her at things until i played you're it a good person time. wow <laughs> yeah so you're a good pissed. person i wish i had known that too actually i'm in that so same boat when i learned that she, she looks that would have like, made that dungeon actually fun oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> first thing i did was like throw it at a wall i was like sweet i figured it i figured it out purely <laughs> by accident oh. like you pick i picked her up once and then i hucked her and she hit one of those bubble things and killed it and didn't die didn't and die. didn't yell at me and i'm like this is the best escort See? mission ever. Yeah. See, that's, it that's the, way better if I'd known that. Like that's if my when really it came out, luck. it's the best. <laughs> it's like if you could throw Ico, you know, you're right? Like, <laughs> yes. Uh, um, I, I'm, I'm, I have to say that I'm on the, I'm the exact opposite end of the spectrum as you, Patrick. I, I probably, I'm probably not quite as into this game as Micatron is. Micatron, you, you clearly, you think it's phenomenal. Yeah, I'm hopping like, a knob over here. I I do love this game and one of the things that proves to me that I love this game is that um I after as much as I've played it I still want to play it. Yeah. You know, and especially when I picked it up on the 3DS and you start playing it on the 3DS and and then you just kind of get you get into the rhythm of all of the things that they improved. Yeah. And like the core... aim, just aiming, moving your shit to aim. Yeah. That's so cool. Except for when you're on the bus and you're like, uh, trying to aim. <laughs> yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Oh God, I've almost got it. Just stop fucking. Oh. Yeah. oh, well. So the, the, um, there's, there's just so many little improvements. Like the core of the game is identical. They upresed it clearly, so there's you know all the textures are better res. The characters look a little bit better. Um, and there's a the, super guide. 
Yeah. Did you know about this little trick? <laughs> Check it out. We're going to play a video that spoils it for you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> I thought that was like kind of kitschy and kind of cool cool but at the same time you're basically it's it's this little hole that you can crawl into that's next to your house that like shows you little quirks about the game that you probably wouldn't know otherwise and i feel like it's, it's basically just the spoiler hole you know <laughs> crawl in here and get some spoilers here here's your latest update full of spoilers this thing like if you haven't seen anything it'll start glowing be like hey there's spoilers over here you want to see that cool <laughs> The yeah. spoiler. Hole. I mean, it's totally optional and stuff, but like, still, it's sort yeah, of. Yeah, like, I never, I never actually did that. I never went into it because I was just like, I just went wanted to go play the game, and, but I, I think, and that's where I guess where I'm leading with it is that I think the 3ds. If you're gonna play this game, the 3ds version is clearly the the place to do it now. It's mm-hmm. it, um, it. Still has all of the nostalgia, which, you know, when it first came out, too, this was a launch title for the 3DS. And I remember thinking to myself um, when the 3DS was coming out, shit, I really want them to just, I I want a new Zelda game for the 3DS. And then they're like, oh, we're putting Ocarina of Time. And I'm like, hey, we got this new hardware out. Uh, We didn't finish the new game yet. Yeah, (laughs) Ocarina of Time and then Star Fox 64 3D. And it's like, how much money can we make off of recycling shit? Yeah. But hey, then I hey started dude, recycling's good for the environment. Just make sure that you put it in the right bin, which is not the 3DS. Don't dump it in the spoiler hole. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I was just uh, uh the but the more I played it the more I was like, you know what? This is actually they did this one right. This is the this is the way to recycle a game. This is what, you know, this is what they should have done. Like, cause I on the opposite end of the spectrum, I played Star Fox sixty four three D. It's fucking horrid. But you've always hated is, that game. I you're right. I don't like the game, but but I I can't even I can't even begin to describe the ocular horror of trying to play a Star Fox game in actual three stereoscopic three D. Okay, Ocula. we're not here to talk about Star Fox. Uh, Ocular yeah. Horror is going to be the name of uh, a metal album at some point, I think. <laughs> um, but this game is, uh, in my opinion, my opinion coming into this episode and now has been reinforced. I really think that this game marked the proper transition from the 16-bit sprite-based gaming era into 3D games. It was definitely a good start. As much as I dislike the game, I it's it's the it's the uh Corona Trigger effect where I go into playing it and hating it and then I kind of understand why mm-hmm. I I kind of come to the understanding of why people love it so much. I totally get it. It's just not my deal. I just like can't get beyond it. But what this game did for me is I, now I want to. I know what led up to this game and why people think it's so good. And then everything else that was Zelda that came in, out, out after it was just building on this exact same idea. Mm-hmm. You know, except for some of the Wind, Wind Waker style games on DS. I mean, even then there was still like 
a very consistent theme for each one. And everybody's just like, oh, it's just going to be get three things, then get seven more things in dungeons. It's like, yeah, but that's that's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, you know? it really is. It's like, uh, like, like when I was playing Skyward, it was just like, man, I just conquered that dungeon. I feel like I finished a Sudoku puzzle by stabbing shit. <laughs> 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 so, so, you know, that's the kind of satisfaction you get from Zelda games. It's just this one is, is just a little too dated for me, I think. Strangely it, enough. So for, for me, it was, uh, I, I kind of wish I'd played the DS version because mm-hmm. it sounds like some of the things were improved over mm-hmm. the VC version, but there are still some things. So I love, I like the game a lot, but I found some of the mechanics of the game to be so frustrating that would actually piss me off while I was playing it. Mm-hmm. And it might, it, and I'm sure it's a symptom of it being an older game and clearly they didn't have as good of things, but things like the menus and like at one point I'm carrying the princess. At one point I'm carrying the princess and I go to, I hop on a button that I have to hop on carrying the princess mm-hmm. in order to have enough weight hop on it and the message comes up saying you really need to make sure you have enough weight to press oh, yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm carrying the damn princess they didn't be dynamic <coughs> and know that I'm carrying her and just drop the fucking butt they didn't fix that they didn't fix that in the 3DS version either I, ju- I like, did that exact same thing you, you jump on there and it's like wait a minute uh, you can't push this down with just your own weight I'm yeah. like I know that's why I've got the fucking princess in my hand yeah so it's, it's little things like that and you do have the ability to get lost and forget where the hell you're going, what the hell, you, what mm-hmm. your point is. So I, that's the other reason I use the guide is to help me be able to play the game A to Z without spending too many hours playing mm-hmm. it. But the actual gameplay, I really enjoyed. I still really like the game. It's just some of the mechanics of it are very frustrating. The the getting lost thing is definitely true if you save and quit, because when you restart in Kokiri Forest, yeah. no matter where, no matter where you had saved before or what you were doing. You restart in Kokiri Forest, and now, like, if you save and then you leave it, like, exactly what happened to me. I got, um, I got the second emerald or the the second fucking amulet thing, and then I saved the game, and then I set it down because I had a bunch of other shit to do, and I set it down for like a week and a half, and then I come back and I start the game up, and I'm in Kokiri Forest, and I I'm like. I have no fucking clue where I'm supposed to go. I have no idea where I am in this game. Yeah. Hey, I mean, uh, I can look at my items go. and stuff, but I'm just like, where the? I don't. I don't even. I don't know how much of the next set of quests I've gotten done, which mm-hmm. means I'm going to have to go run around and fucking backtrack and talk to people and be like, did I do this already? <laughs> you know. It, but but yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's after like the, after the first time, like you mentioned that to me that it puts you back in Kokiri. That was the first time I'd like played it for several hours, put, shut the system off, and when I went back to it, I started in Kokiri Forest. I left my fucking Wii on for a month <laughs> <laughs> so I could play that game and always start exactly where I ended. <laughs> that that mechanic is actually the main gameplay mechanic of Chrono Cross. You yeah. just can't... You just yeah. get lost. That's what the game is. <laughs> yeah. You're like, where the fuck... I, d- I don't even and then you put it down and then you're even more lost when you come back yeah and you're like well I guess I should restart the game yeah <laughs> so, and then 30 hours later you get lost again but it's things like that that lead the where you know like you said you can kind of see what people loved about it you can kind of see where it lead it, it was it, 
it was a giant proof of concept. It was a blueprint for not, you know, for some, in some ways, a blueprint for the things that you don't want to do in a giant 3D game because Except- they correct, corrected a lot of those issues in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they failed to correct one. So, you know, having the giant open Hyrule field is cool for, for, um, about 10 minutes. It's, it's cool for showing a sense <laughs> yeah. of scale. Yeah. Um, but, not but it for actual gameplay. But very much like Pokemon, you should have gotten some fucking running shoes that let you go faster at yeah. some point. Um, like f- way earlier than when you get a Pona, which is more than halfway through the game. Yeah, because um, then anytime you go back, you have to run. Yeah. Slowly. And uh, after you've already had a Pona, you're like, I made it past in two seconds last time. Now I spend five minutes running across this damn field. But then there's also the proof of concept of all the shit they did right. Yeah. Just like the, the their dungeon designs are phenomenal. Their character designs are really good. The combat is... The combat, in spite of occasionally being frustrating because of the Z-targeting and stuff, the combat is really fun in this yeah, game. Yeah, I like it's, that. It's, it, it's so... Especially, I love the fucking boomerang in this game. I love right. the boomerang <laughs> Boomerang's in this pretty game. Good. The, boomerang, when you, get, you had no targeting either like no you, you could didn't. not figure out what the hell you were shooting at but and what's really bad with the boomerang is that when you hit when you hold down on on the 3ds it's why i think when you hold it down so that you're targeting everything is blocked it like the camera basically zooms into the back of link's head and you're just kind of like uh <laughs> oh i throw it that way okay yeah see what <laughs> you like, hit there's yeah there's like a part out. where they're like get all these bubbles in a minute Oh yeah, figure yeah. it out. <laughs> Good luck. And then if you don't get it, you you know, yeah, you could st- it just starts you over. Try again. Ah, do it until you get it. Yeah, you know. And it, luckily, it wasn't so difficult that you would have to do it a hundred times. Which I don't think there's any of that in this game. Really, no. There's like a really. couple of puzzles, like that part in the forest where you have to like put the puzzle together and then get, to have the guy come out of the painting or whatever. And oh, every, right. every minute it would just rotate. Yeah, be like, oh, you failed. Try again. You know, but like, luckily, that wasn't so difficult that uh, you'd have to spend an hour in that yeah. room doing. Well, that. and even okay, the- so, uh, there was one part in that one of the bad guys that took forever. The bongo bongo bad guy that was playing the drums. He had the two hands hitting a drum, okay. and then the head with one eye. If you had to stun both hands, then you had to hit the eye while it was flying towards you. Z targeting didn't work. Aiming was fucking difficult because you have no <laughs> idea where you're aiming with the bow and arrow. It's moving super fast. That guy took me so long to beat. I that like the Z targeting failing at that point pissed me off. I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure and put the the little asterisk on this though that throughout our history you have repeatedly told me that you fucking hate boss battles. Yeah, in general. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so I, I don't do boss battles. I like the actual gameplay. I don't Zelda want to pretty care much to fight a boss. Pretty much invented the boss battle. I think. No, I mean, I mean Mario were... had a sort of boss battle, but like, yeah, they ba- they basically, I think it set the bar for like, you know, every level's got a fucking crazy thing at the end. You better be prepared for it. You know. Um, I don't know. I, I, well, that's I, that's, a, that's a very JRPG like, thing too. Like it, 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 maybe Zelda pulled it more into the adventure game stuff. I'm, I'm thinking of like, the original Zelda, like yeah. in the very beginning, in 1986. They were the ones that had boss battles, you know. Yeah. And then every other game kind of had that that setup where you like you finish a level, eh, you get a boss battle. Yeah. You know. So 
I I have found through playing this game that um, I have not had as strong a nostalgic reaction to almost any game as I did with this one. Mm. I uh, and I don't know why that is. I'm trying. I've been trying to identify it, and I think it was just that. this was one of those games that I, you know, I played on the N64 at one time, uh, and it was just like we were, you know, it was shitty rainy winter, and I was, you know, stuck in a room, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm gonna. I did the same thing with a Mario 64 and, and Ocarina of Time, both, where I just, you know, stuck in a room, have nothing to do. Hey, look, I've got 85 stars in Mario 64 and now I'm you know and then I played Ocarina of Time and at that time I never beat it I didn't beat it until years later but um, Mm -hmm. I had this when I started it up on the 3DS and I had my headphones in and you wake up in Kokiri Kokiri Forest and it does the do 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 and I'm like yeah this is awesome (laughs) and I just had this huge like this huge bout of just this awesome nostalgia of for this game just the way it sounds and the way it looks and I found myself uh, a few days ago playing it and thinking to myself um, I really wish they had adventure games that had this kind of visual style this this yeah. like kind of whimsical like um, I don't know it's just it's just kind of happy you know it's, it's, for lack of a better term yeah Nintendo is the Disney of the video game world and that's somehow they always pulled off having the kind of that style of nostalgia that's lasting, and mm-hmm. they did that really early on, and they've just been ke- they they kept it going yeah. um, ever since. And uh, no other, it's weird, but no other companies really pulled that off. I mean, Sega kind of, but I mean, I'm like my my that that version of of for of nostalgia for me was Kid Chameleon, but that didn't really last because it's mm. <laughs> it was created by Hellspawn essentially. But <laughs> like, uh, but I get it. I, I I get what you're saying. Is it's it's I, I knew people that played this game a lot because they had the 64 and it wasn't exactly cooperative. Yeah. So you couldn't like I like that's the thing about this game is it's like if someone had a save state that was like halfway through the game, you couldn't just like pick the game up and start playing from wherever the fuck they were because uh-huh. you wouldn't have any idea how to use any of the stuff that they collected right. or have any idea what's happening in the story to figure out where the fuck you're supposed to go. And like, yeah. So every every person's experience is pretty much unique to their own. Mm-hmm. You have to create your own save. Especially um, playing so. it the first time without a guide or anything. Like everybody oh. did things in different order. Everything, you know, you yeah. like... You talk about this game with somebody, and like you will have found out that you've just done everything like in a weird, in a weird way, or there's some side quest that you didn't even know existed. Or I couldn't figure out. Okay, you know the Boston or the sort of side boss in Jabba Jabba's belly that that huge fucking thing with the the nose that's going around. Yeah, 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 around the circle. How the fuck are you supposed to beat that thing? You have to hit it with the boomerang to stun it. Yeah, and then when it spins or either when it hits you you can either let it hit you and then stun it as it's running away um or you have to stun it stun it once and then when it comes out of the stun it'll spin and stun it again but you have to hit once you've stunned it again you have to hit it in the back with its sword see this is the kind of conversations that playing a zelda game (laughs) where you're like moments like this you're like oh that's what i was supposed to do yeah i just face rolled that one i was just like Got a bunch of fairies. Just gonna let it hit me. Gonna stab it <laughs> four times. Rinse, repeat. Yeah. 
get the fuck. So right. we do have one listener question that's uh, a little bit different, and I want to do the, I want to use this to wrap up our discussion of Ocarina of Time. Uh, it's from Jeremy Smith. He posted this to our Facebook page, and he said, "In your opinion, do you feel that Majora's Mask deserves the same amount of praise that Ocarina of Time gets?" I found that Majora's Mask. I found Majora's Mask very unsatisfying, and not even in the same league as Ocarina of Time. Yet many love it. Additionally, what could this game have done better besides getting rid of the horrendous water temple? <laughs> P.S. Will miss the show greatly. Um, I think we've kind of covered the second part of his question about what it could have done better and, you know, the horrendous water temple, but uh, he does make it, he taught, he's asking mostly about Majora's mask and whether we think it's in the same league. Um, go ahead, think? Mike It's just like hard mode. Hard yeah, mode. Of, for those players who want it. Yeah. I've heard, I've had the story of Majora's mask explained to me by a, a good friend. Uh, and that really intrigued me because it's like, it's not canon. Uh, it's not like canon Zelda. It I mean, it's like it's a three-word summary. Freaky-ass moon. Yeah. <laughs> That's the game. But a lot of backtracking on a lot of bullshit because of the three days thing. So Yeah. I. But I, I want to see. I don't know. I'm curious now. I liked Majora's. I've only ever played Majora's Mask close to when it came out. I have never replayed it since. Um, if they come out with Majora's Mask 3D for the 3DS, I'll probably buy it because I would like to replay it. Uh, I. But I remember thinking that it was like i almost didn't feel like it was a zelda game i felt like i liked it i enjoyed it but i felt i almost felt like it was a it was a different game built on the zelda engine it probably was was originally and then they were like let's throw zelda in there yeah it might be similar to mario 2 or you know one of those games where they were like we've got this uh, other idea and they're like "Mm, we we will never be able to sell that unless we put the mario or we'll put the zelda name on it did you ever play it, Christina? I play so I played it a little bit. Um, didn't really get the feeling of a Zelda game, so I didn't play very far into it. I just didn't like it very much, so mm. I can't really compare. It. I actually like Oc- Ocarina of Time. Did not like Majora's Mask, <laughs> yeah. so I, I do not think Majora's Mask should have any hype. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it. It definitely doesn't deserve to be in the same at the same level as Ocarina of Time, um, but I don't think it's a bad game. Like I, there, there are a lot of people, it's a very polarizing game. People either love it or they fucking hate it. And I, um, I don't hate it, but I haven't played it enough to tell you whether or not I love it. So, um, I want to play it again though. But so, uh, that'll wrap up our discussion of the, of Ocarina of Time. Uh, it's been a nice epic discussion, uh, today. Um, you can get this game. There, there are basically three places you can get this game. You can get it. At, you can get the original N sixty four cart, which is actually prolific. You can find it everywhere, and it's pretty cheap unless you're looking for like a gold cartridge in the box or something. But if you're just getting a normal cart, it's cheap. So yeah. the only game you can buy more is Final Fantasy IV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's the Virtual Console version, which uh, it's the same game except you're using you know a classic controller instead of a instead of an N64 controller, which in my opinion is way better because I fucking hate the N64 or a controller. Wave but, or Wavebird. Uh, there are. GameCube discs of this game that you can find. They were promotional discs that that can tend to be a little expensive depending on where you get them. But there's and there's two different kinds. There's there is a GameCube disc that has Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, and there's also a separate GameCube disc that has Ocarina of Time and Ocarina of Time Master Quest, which actually is hard mode. I remember um, having several of those 
uh, at my disposal at one point. I never, ever once played the I've copy never, myself. I have never played except Master for, Quest. Except for briefly. And now I, w- I used to have, like, because they would give them away as promotional things. And, like, I knew people yeah. at game stores and other venues and stuff. And I just would acquire all of these things. And now they're worth fucking millions. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, and, and Master, Quest, Master Quest literally was just a re... It was like a redo of Ocarina of Time. And it was... They they upped the difficulty. They changed some of the dungeons. Didn't they, they, like, reverse everything? Like, everything is mirrored? No, there is there is a mirror mode, I think. Oh, but I don't okay. think it's the I don't think it's the it's whole... The Mario game. Kart model. Yeah. <laughs> this game is now four times as long because we flipped it around. Back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but and Suckers. then Which and then an upside down yeah <laughs> Castlevania yeah and then of course you can get it on the 3ds um, so the 3ds version is is clearly the best it's clearly the one that you want to play in my opinion it's the they they smoothed everything out everything's just a better well except for the fact that if we play it on Wii you can leave your Wii on and always start right where you ended and oh, you don't have true. to start from the forest this is true. Uh, but that's still that's old that's old school gaming right there. That's like <laughs> No mom, no mom, don't touch it. Don't turn my Nintendo off. No, no, don't no. turn my Nintendo off. Old school gaming is there is no save and yeah, you get three lives and the game gets harder and harder and harder until you die <laughs> just like life. This is it. This is the end. The end. This is the end. The, the final end. stage. So, uh, level eight. As everyone who's listened to this show for a while uh, knows, this is episode 80, and this is our final episode of the show. Uh, we've decided that uh, we wanted to we wanted to go out with a bang. So the last ten episodes of the show, we kind of had picked what we thought would be the best things for us to talk about on the show, um, and that's what we've done. So I want to start this section off um, by uh, reading some some listener emails that we got in for our final episode. Uh, the first one is actually a one that we missed a couple episodes ago, and I wanted to ask you two, uh, Micatron and Patrick, because you guys have played a, a lot more Symphony of the Night than I have, and I didn't know it. And the people who happened to show up for the Symphony of the Night episode weren't like none of us had really been like oozing over into it, it or oozing over it. I feel like I talked about Symphony of the Night enough over the history <laughs> of the show that I really didn't need to be on that episode. <laughs> Like, so, if you really want my opinion on Symphony of the Night, just go back and listen, listen to the entire to the backlog, because yeah. I've pretty much, I think I've filled an hour already. Yeah. So <laughs> the question, from Jer- again, from Jeremy Smith, uh, it was posted to our Facebook page, is Symphony of the Night question, is the Chrysogrim a game breaker? I find myself skipping this weapon because it simply makes the game too easy. Well, good. Uh, I think that's the point of the Chrysogrim, is it's this ridiculously OP weapon that you can just, like mow the entire game down because by the time you actually get to the area where you can get the chrysogram which is a super rare drop in the first place um uh, unless you're using the the mega luck code or whatever which is the way i got it initially but uh yeah it's yeah you hit for an absurd amount of damage every button press three times yes of course it's op but it's fun. <laughs> if you don't want to use that weapon, then don't use it. That's the magic of that game is you can just trade out your gear and play it the way you want. Play with your wooden sword. It's fine. Yeah. Play with your Alucard sword and the shield rod 
or whatever. Like, I mean, have you ever done a shield rod run? That one's pretty fun. Have you done the one that's yep. the axe armor? I've, I've seen that. Yeah, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Like, there's there's all kinds of cool things you can do with that game. I wish but, my college roommate do a, 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 a rod run. A rod that run. Hey, <laughs> yeah, bro, have you do, are you doing your rod run? Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> fucking halfway through my rod run. <laughs> it's like it's like doing the um, single white mage Final Fantasy one uh, playthrough. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's basically the equivalent of that, but in Sophia. How can I handle handicap myself? Your axe armor, s- just enough where the game is almost impossible to beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always been wanting. I wanted to like find a sa- the Saturn version has Maria in it. And I always wanted to do a Maria Maria run because I've played through that game as many times as in, in as many ways as you can. I've even attempted to beat the entire game as the axe armor, <laughs> which is retarded. <laughs> I got I got through like the first like. Slagra and what the fuck his name is. Why am Girl. I so slow? Because uh, of Max Armor. I'm a <laughs> badass. Watch me fucking wiggle around and through these dungeons. <laughs> I, I can't double jump, but I don't give a fuck because I'm an axe armor. Anyway. <laughs> That's why we should do a Twitch thing. It'd be so fun. Yep. Axe Armor playthrough. All right. So the second question is from Snicker, longtime listener of the show from yeah, damn yeah. near the beginning of the, epi- okay, or beginning of the show. Uh, he says... With the last episode recording, I'm assume you're, I'm, I assume you're going to do a best of, worst of retrospective, um, which we kind of will. I think we'll talk about what we, we're going to talk about what our top five like favorite games that we did on the show or that we reviewed on the show. Um, the worst, the worst. I think we've, I mean, we've made clear is Urban Champion. I, I don't know how we could ever have a worse than that. And, and worst podcast or worst game? Uh, game. I don't think it well it was a it was a short so luckily it wasn't like a full length podcast Worst for that game. shitty show. Um but uh he one the question that he asks uh is he assume you're going to do a best of worst of retrospective but what one game did you not get to that you really wanted to? So we'll start with Pat. I um it's weird but uh I went to PAX East this year and I saw the re-release of DuckTales getting played right before it was out and I was like Holy shit. That's right. DuckTales, all the Disney games from back then were fucking awesome because they're yeah. all made by the Capcom dudes that were on the Mega Man team. Uh, so, yeah, I really wish we had done like a DuckTales slash old Aladdin. school Disney. Aladdin was so awesome. Yeah. The Lion King, which was made mm-hmm. by Westwood Studios, who also did Command and Conquer, same people, like that Fucking giraffe jump at level. <laughs> Magical Quest starring Mickey Mouse. Yeah, yeah all of the also, dude. Also Capcom. And to be fair, uh, just to just to touch on it, um, the the Ducktales remastered that just came out um, is it was developed by WayForward, and those guys are WayForward are badasses. Yeah, like they, they make, especially with side scrolling like platform style games. They did the the Blood Rain game. They did. Um, the fucking game with Boy the, the genie blob. that I can't remember. Boy in his blob. The the remake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've uh, way forwards really good, and Ducktales is is awesome. Yep. So, what about you? What about you, Mectron? Mm-hmm. Uh, the game that I wish we would have done is probably Raiden Two. Um, we we didn't do many shooting games because there's not a, actually a lot to talk about as it turns yeah. out you're like well i like that power up uh bullets <laughs> in the screen uh preferred lasers uh, done podcast uh, <laughs> that was like three minutes <laughs> shit yep and uh so i mean that game is awesome yeah Raiden's i fun. associate that game with pizza 
Yeah. Because <laughs> I played it in every pizza place. Oh. <laughs> it was everywhere. Yeah, The that's buttons true. are all it lubed was, up yeah. from all the grease and the pizza <laughs> and the grubby little kids' fingers. They're, they're freaking, like, yep. sauce-covered cheeks. <laughs> Got so many power-ups. <laughs> my boss is Spider Walker Mac Boss. These boys so did. You just picturing it, right? We were all that kid at one point. Yeah, <laughs> like I was licking that. their fingers and putting it on the gibbon, <laughs> putting that nice little still- greasy quarter up there next. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still that person. Still like I, yeah, get I the fuck out. Do you have one, Christina? Because you haven't really been on the show much. I so, haven't, like, and you guys played all of my favorite classic games. So Okay. Yeah. Uh, mine is going to be uh, Yonoid, uh, and I know that's a weird one to pick, <laughs> but I loved that game when I was a kid. You know, just the, the Noid was a big deal when I was a kid. Like, and then they came out with the video game, and you're fucking running around, and you're hitting things with a yo-yo, and it's just like... Marketing s- tool. Some yeah, marketer yeah. with a crack addiction was like, <laughs> make this crazy-looking thing in a suit that's like half bunny, half man, and it'll sell pizza. <laughs> it'll get into clay and animation. I'm like, this fucking NES game. <gasps> Let's put, the, put it out on the fucking NES. Well, they did a few of those, right? Like, like Micatron, uh, before we started this segment, mentioned the cool spot as well, which was like the 7-up yeah. spot in a seven video game. game. And it was good. Um, and it was good, it was good yeah. Good but like, ba- and that, that was the funny thing, is like back then, they do these marketing video games, and they were actually, like, Yo Noid was a fun fucking game. It was pretty weird, too. It was really strange. Like, the way, even um, his, like, walk animation was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what did you even do? Did you, like, throw blocks at things? Where no, you, like, jump yo-yo. on their head? It was, it was oh, the, the yo-yo. The yo-yo. yo, 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 dude. Yo, yo, annoyed. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Rad- radical. And, but then, you know, they, and, of course, then, like, every time they've done a marketing-based video game since then, it's been terrible, with the exception of Sneak King, I think, is the only one that everybody actually liked. <laughs> but, uh, so, really, yeah. I really like that Awkward King game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that leads leads us into what you know our our top five lists, and I, I have a feeling there's probably going to be quite a bit of a, a crossover in our lists. But um, let's start with Christina. What what was your what's your top five of the games that we've reviewed on the show? Uh, uh, a Link to the Past is my very very top because that's one of my all time favorite games. Uh, Super Mario World, Donkey Kong, Super Mario Three, Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Even though we hated it. I don't care what you guys think. I like the game. <laughs> it's one of the games I grew up on. Family bought that every year. Mm. <laughs> and this one, Ocarina. Okay, Patrick. Uh, I made my list in order of episodes I actually enjoyed the most. And I actually went back and listened to like, I don't know, 15, 20 episodes. I actually listened to it because I was like, I wonder how much shit they talked after I left the show. And so I was surprised. There wasn't a whole lot of shit talking. <laughs> the Patrick Manning mushroom stamp of approval, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I was like, I was like that, is that an insult or an honor? It's a little of both. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, my favorite episodes, look, like looking back, um, episode... 50 with was the mega episode the Mega Man X episode where mm-hmm. we just basically gushed over uh, the uh, Mega Man um, super almost, st- that was almost three hours long yeah. wasn't it yeah. it was like almost three hours which 
It's pretty impressive. Uh, Super Star Wars was a really funny episode. There's so many, like, I can't even tell you why, but there's so many awesome jokes in there. Uh, the oh, ju- Luke Skywalker. <laughs> oh, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the drunk cast, which was really fun, uh, that was like, wow, this is happening. What right. game was that? That was part Altered of Beast. Altered Beast. Altered yeah. Beast. It's like the only way we could get through it. It was just so gnarly. Uh, yeah, uh, Kid Chameleon. That was really fun. Uh, You're a little biased in that one. That one was that was cool <laughs> because everybody like shit on it and didn't really like get through the game. And I'm like, but how? But why? They're like, because it's made of hate. <laughs> and I was like, but you don't you want to dig through the hate? It's fine. You can get through. No, nobody, nobody did. And then gushing about Cave Story because it was like out of canon for us. It was like not yeah. really old school, but it was old school. And it was another game. Like I just. I just liked that we got the opportunity to talk about one of my favorite games ever, which happened to be that one. So, yeah. Mike John? So, it's hard to make the distinction between games I liked and podcasts that were good. <laughs> um, there's a big difference. Like, I think our best podcast was Sonic. I fucking hate Sonic, but the Sonic <laughs> podcast was... And that's one of the best. Way early, too. Way that early. was like episode seven, I think. Three. Like that was episode three. Was it three? three? Episode yeah. three? Okay. That, yeah. I mean, that one was good, right? Um, Donkey Kong Country, I was hilariously allergic to everything in that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, that. It, it, I felt how the game played for me, which was pretty <laughs> awful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in in terms of the games that we played, um, Act Razor was the game that I actually played after the podcast, which was really weird. Um, I didn't realize I liked that game so much. Um, it's just this weird hybrided game. I don't even know how to describe it. Like mm-hmm. side scrolling, popular sim you play game. Like God, yeah, well, you are a god, sort of. Um, Link to the Past, uh, F Zero. Uh, episode zero. Episode zero. Um, I mean, if you go and listen to us back in the, the those uh, those days, we're we're very shy, so awkward, so naive. Mm. Yeah, the, I think I think Sonic. I think that's one of the reasons why it stands out as being one of our better episodes because I think that's really where we finally just broke out and started fucking talking about stuff. You yeah. know, like the just first random. few episodes, it was very we were we weren't quite we didn't really have it, our feet under us. And especially the the F Zero episode was just kind of it was, yeah. it's very awkward. I, I distinctly remember as soon as you hit the stop button, we all threw our like simultaneously all threw our headphones off and we're like, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> well, it's funny. And like we, we were like, in a, like a fucking compression chamber or something, and yeah, I mean, we're, of course we were nervous. It's the first time like talking on the air or whatever, yeah, and, and just getting used to having a conversation on the internet like you normally would getting used to not allowing ourselves to have uh like long gaps right where the first several episodes there was a lot of editing in my that i had to do because we hadn't gotten used to maintaining a flow of conversations talking about random shit all the time so we would talk now you can't get a word in edgewise right we're just jabbering on about (laughs) senseless bullshit Wait, was there a game that we talked about? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's every podcast in the universe, though. I mean, yeah, well, you got to get to that point, though, because like when the first the first few episodes, if I if you listen to the raw recordings, there are literally parts in the first few where we just stop 
and we just don't say anything for a while huh. and then somebody has to like pick up and be like yeah and now we're talking about games again yeah. um but yeah it's uh but that episode that sonic episode was i think we were united in hate and that gave us that gave us wings to to vent <laughs> slippery blue fuck weasel <laughs> hatred it's a brother maker yeah um was that your five I mean, uh, two other games that stand out, Super Mario Bros. 3 and Final Fantasy 4. Uh, yeah. Final Fantasy 4 was great because it was a split. I mean, I think actually all the episodes that have a, a split between love and hate are the, the clearly the best ones. Like, Sonic was like that. It's like, two people love Sonic, two people hate Sonic. Yep. Uh, yeah. Final Fantasy 4 was like that, too. It's like, it turns uh, into like a... JRPGs a, can suck a big dick, and we're like, we love sucking big dicks. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, you know what's funny is Final Fantasy 4 was the only game I went back and finished after the podcast only because I wanted to find out if it got any better and it didn't (laughs) not for me I'm very sorry but then I picked up Final Fantasy 5 right afterwards and I was like oh yeah this is why I like Final Fantasy it's awesome it is and I it's funny I think any yeah I'm actually looking forward to Final Fantasy 15 just random thing minor I mean minor minor gonna be obvious choices for me because the the two in my opinion the the two my two favorite episodes and my two favorite games that we've done were Mega Man X and Mega Man 3. Uh I Mega Man X is still it might rank uh, from that era especially from the 16-8-bit era is probably my favorite game ever. Um and then the Star Fox episode was was a lot of fun, and I like I love Star Fox so much. I, I have history with Star Fox, so that's that was like a huge nostalgia episode for me. Um, and then ActRaiser, just like you, and ActRaiser was one of the reasons why I I put that in this list is because I was so surprised by it. That was a that was the game that I did not like at all when I played it when I was, it was a, a kid. Launch title, <clears throat> yeah. Did not like it at all in the early 90s, and then I played it for the show, and it was one of the few games that I went back and played after the show and tried to finish. I still haven't finished it, but was a complete 180-degree turnaround on my opinion of a game, right? It was like, I hate this. Holy fuck, why did I ever hate this? This game is amazing. And I had to put Super Mario World in there. I just can't not... Like it's it still ranks uh, in that era of one of the best games ever made, and I just can't not put it in this list. So. Yeah, and, and they have yet to follow up with it. <laughs> yeah, they have they they have not come Which close. Which means they have not failed at following up. Like they haven't created <laughs> a game that has failed to be a good game. So yeah, it's all the new Super Mario Brothers. Like it's like almost all the things that new or uh, Super Mario World had. But not quite. Even even now, like years after we did that episode, we're like, oh man, I really wish they'd do another Mario World. Yeah, they haven't even yeah. come close. I mean, they've come sort of close, but that's mm, always just kind of lacking. Yeah, something. they've never done. They've never done it quite right. Yeah, I really, and I've said this a million times before. Um, I really, really love uh, good high res like HD 2D games that's why I love Rayman Origins so much oh shit and that's why I loved uh, Wario Wario Land Shake It so much and I've desperately wanted Nintendo to make a Mar- a new Mario game in, in with that kind of art style and we even talked about this on this on the Castlevania Symphony of the Night episode if Konami made a, a Metroidvania game with the artistic fidelity of Rayman Origins I'd pay them all the dollars for it. Like, I, I can't even imagine how awesome that would be. Where the fuck has Konami been? Are they just making slot machines and shitty cell phone games now? 
Well, they made Castlevania Lords of Shadow, which... Three years ago? Yeah, it's kind of meh. But I feel the same way about Mario games. Like, I, you know, I have a a long-standing hatred for 2.5D, and uh, while Mario, New Super Mario is okay, it's just never quite lived up to its predecessors. The closest game that, like, the Galaxy games are good, and the closest game for me that has really hit the Mario feel and done something a little bit unique was 3D Land on the 3DS. Yeah. Like, Super Mario 3D Land is phenomenally better than New Super Mario Brothers 2. This um, podcast is now about Mario. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, that's that's my list. And I think uh, to wrap things up before we, before we finish everything out, uh, we got an email from Mitch, FC Neo Tokyo, who we've talked about on the show, who's been listening to the show. He said in this he's been listening to the show since episode 10 and went back and listened to all the original episodes. Um, Damn, thank you. Yeah, he's been around for a long time, one of our, one of our biggest fans, and he just has a comment more than a question. He says, <clears throat> I've been thinking a lot about what I was going to send you. Would I yell would I yell and type in all caps and hate on comics and call you all nerds? Would I send some kind of sappy thing about how all the kids I grew up with or play with playing these games are all meth heads now so I don't have anyone to reminisce with? I'm not going to do either. I'm just going to say that this has been my favorite podcast on the interwebs, and thanks for doing it. I really appreciate all the hard work. It's nice that it wasn't a current events thing, so I can go back and listen to these episodes time and time again. I'm curious what the high watermark for downloads uh, download and listeners was and when it was hit. I have to say that between episodes 22 and 49 was an absolute epic run. You guys had hit your stride and didn't seem like anyone was burned out. Again, thanks for everything, and I'm glad I was along for the ride. Wow, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, To some degree, I agree with the 22 to 49. I went back and looked at that, and that's right toward the end of of when Christina was on the show. She stopped in the early 30s. Andy was subbing in quite a bit in that era, and uh, that was was some really good epic shows in in that run. So... Uh, it's nice to hear from a fan who's been with us for the whole the whole run. Um, and it, it, it's like you're the meta geek. We're like the geeks talking about the stuff, and you're the geek that is geeking on us. <laughs> it's like a, a geekception happening here, and it's an honor. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Um, so that being said, this is the end of the show. This is the last episode of the After the Fact podcast. Uh, we have been running for about two months shy of four years. Uh, right now uh, 80 episodes 80 normal episodes uh, a ton of packs episodes and side shows uh, 13 shorts I'm still gonna get that gauntlet footage together and edit. <laughs> yeah yeah I uh-huh. swear to God sure. next time like, uh, like, yeah. Yeah. The next by next week I'll have that I swear uh-huh. like Lee story Believe that uh, I, see it. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to spend a minute to thank all of uh, all of our hosts over the course of this show of course the the four of us here who've been on the show um and i wanted to specifically thank christina peck uh she was one of the people that helped kick it all off she was on the first 33 or 34 episodes of the show uh andy padel who's now on trade secrets but uh started out as a as a sub in for whoever happened to be gone the week that we were recording uh stayed with us for quite a long run on the show 
um, <clears throat> Eddie Isaac and James Dykes, who had become the regulars for probably the last 20 or 30 episodes of the show. Uh, Matt Coyne and Dwayne St. Arnold, who had been, you know, who have been subbing in occasionally. And then, and on the, on the bottom end of the sub-ins, Matt Shoup and Leif Chappelle, who were both on about three or four episodes of the show toward the middle, um, all of which started on, so like Shoup started on episode 13, Leif was on our original PAX casts, uh, as was Dwayne. Uh, Matthew Coyne came in at episode 38, but wanted to thank all of you guys <clears throat> wanted to thank all of you guys for taking part in the show and making it what it what it has been over the last four years. Um, wanted to throw out a very special thank you to our to our recurring PAX guest Jeff Callis uh-huh. uh, has been our started with our original PAX episode that he showed up and talked to us about stuff and he has been he's become a an annual uh, as uh, as Andy put it. Our PAX casts have become our annual meeting with Jeff Callis every year. Um, so there are uh, that's most of the people that I really wanted to thank. Everybody who's been on the show and talked to us. We've had some. We've had a few guests over the time. We've had those are primary primarily our hosts. Um, this show is ending, but of course, check out Trade Secrets if you're into comic books at all. That's where Geekerific.com is going. Uh, we're gonna. It's gonna focus more on comic books and the Trade Secrets podcast. Um, we are not taking. I'm not going to take down the epi- the trade secrets or the after the fact feed. Uh, so the episodes will be there. We're going to have them archived. They're going to stay on iTunes. They're going to be in. We have a Geekerific podcasts feed that has literally every show that we have ever published for this um, for this website, including all six uh, published episodes of Hit the Deck. <laughs> um, so if anybody wants to download stuff from the archive, you're more than welcome. They're always going to be there. We will always take feedback and read it on trade secrets. If you still, if you get into after the fact later, um, you can follow almost all of us on Twitter. As far as I'm aware, you can follow me at Geek Elite. You can follow Micatron. What's your what's your Twitter name? Mister Atron. Pat is on Twitter still, but doesn't post much. But what's your uh, Pat hates tweets. Pat hates tweets. That's, uh, I haven't I've done anything with it. I've I've registered a couple other twitters like Twitlord only because it, it was like we had this discussion with one of my friends. who are like, I really hope no one registers Twitlord and becomes like the guy that retweets all the most popular feeds of. <laughs> I still hate Twitter, dude. I just can't get into it. <laughs> Christina, you've got a Twitter. Yep, I'm Gamer Girl Geek. I don't post a whole lot. I just like to follow people. Yeah, uh, and for the the other regular members of the show, Andy is at Mathtastrophe, uh, James is at James FNX, and Eddie is at Grape Doctor, and that's D R for Doctor Grape Doctor. Um, uh, we will be <laughs> we will be taking down the Facebook page uh, because it doesn't get a lot of traffic, and it's kind of pointless to have a Facebook page up for a podcast that doesn't exist anymore. Um, again, the la- for the last time. If you want to, you can friend us all on Facebook or, or friend us all on Facebook on XBLA on PSN on Steam. Um, we are all we are all on there. We all have. I mean, I'm pretty sure we all have PSN accounts. I know, Micatron, you have a Steam account. Um, I haven't turned my PlayStation on in like six months. I play mostly my Vita right now, but yep. uh, PS4 though. Whenever that happens, friend us all. Talk to us about video games. Uh, we are all available. If you want to talk, you can go to geekerific.com. You can send us emails about stuff uh, even long after this show is gone. 
thank everybody out there for listening for the last four years. Yes, this is thank what, you, listeners. This thank is you. what uh, you know started us off on podcasts. It's the first one we ever did, and uh, it, it was it's been a big part of a lot of our lives for four years. Uh, thank you again for making it interesting and fun. Thank you, Mike Atron, for being there at the beginning and hanging out and Thanks. talking about games. Thanks, viewers, for watching. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Uh, thank Patrick for, for, again, for being one of the founders. Yeah, sure. It's a lot of fun. Thank you, Christina, for supporting me through all of the <laughs> bullshit that I've had to deal with for like just trying to get this show uh, published. Yeah. And thank you for being on the few. Thank you and for being th- here today. Yeah. And thank you, Luke, for uh, being the wrangler of all of this entertainment that we're generating. Uh, certainly none of us were up to the task. And uh, it was originally your idea to do the, the podcast about video games. And I'm really, really happy that uh, it continued for as long as it did. Thank so, you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this has been episode 80, the final episode of the After the Fact podcast. Uh, thank you for everybody for listening. I am Luke, and we are out. Oh,